Hello, you dirty freak bitches. <laughs> Welcome to the new world. Welcome to the future. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. This episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. If you go to Stamps.com... In- Wow, look how long it takes. What a delay. You guys are living in the past. That's a long time. You guys are living in the past. People listening? Weird. This shit already happened. Um, if you go... What? Stamps.com is um, a uh, service that allows you to measure stuff at home with your own scale and then... <laughs> Ah. Was it? Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is. Send shit through the internet, man. You guys are high. Measure? This is rude. Measure. You weigh things. You measure things. You measure the weight. Is that rude to say measure the weight? That's what it is. You measure the weight, you fucks. How da- First of all, how dare you? All of you. I always think it sounds oh, like a drug term. Um, for some reason, when I'm typing in JRE, it's not sending me to that. How are you getting there? Joe? You, what do you type it in? Like as far as you type oh, JRE, I- right? No, I just do stamps.com. Stamps.com forward slash Joe. Right. No. No? No, that's not it. No. (laughs) How did you get... It's stamps.com. You enter in the code word JRE, right? Yeah. I don't know. If you buy any of the kitty cat (laughs) t-shirts that Brian Redband sells, that's how he makes them. He sends them, rather, through stamps.com. If you, like, uh, have a small business and you're trying to go to the post office and wait in line and get your shit weighed and... Put different labels on boxes. You're going to go crazy. It's not. It's not healthy. This way, you do it all on your home computer. Super simple. They give do you a free weight. What yeah. scale? They give you a scale. They uh, they give you. It's a 110 dollars value if you enter in the code word JRE. And uh, it's it's there's a no no risk trial. <clears throat> Say it again. No risk trial plus 110 dollars bonus offer, including the digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. Wow. So they give you a sweet deal. And if, you like, if you're selling shit, it's, it's a really easy way to deal with things as opposed to like hiring someone to handle it. You can actually handle it yourself. And if you're not selling shit, what, do you want to work for somebody forever? Just go make some macrame and sell it. You know, who knows? Sell purses online. It's the future. Yeah. Also, you can get cancer from licking stamps. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, another you want to wet a sponge, you fucks. Don't be licking shit. Hey, remember when you had to lick stamps? Like bitches. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. 1986. That's a bad time, man. For that humanity. Time. Bad so, time. Stamps.com. Mouths were sticking together. Code word JRE. <laughs> <laughs> we're also brought to you by Hover. Hover is a internet domain name company that is owned by the people that own... Is it Hover.com forward slash Joe Rogan? Is that what it is? Uh... Hover.com forward slash Rogan. Hover.com forward slash Rogan. I think it's slash Joe. You got to get all these people to make the same one. (laughs) No, it is. Just all make the same one. Yeah. They can get that together. They can code that in no time. Because they don't want to pretend that each other exists. They're like, if you're a single guy and you got a bunch of girlfriends, they don't want to know that they have other girlfriends. Nobody wants to think that, why should we change our shit to JRE? You know, just because Squarespace.com uses that. I mean, what the fuck, man? Hover is uh, the domain company that I use, actually. And if, you, um, if you're like a techno idiot like myself, I, I do not know how to do anything correctly other than really easy, simple, intuitive shit like Facebook or Twitter or something like that. Like, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how to, you know, if I can register a website like super easy and it has things that you normally have to pay for, like who is domain name privacy, which is... Uh, that's Ari Shafir's legs. That's right. <laughs> That's key. If you order Ari Shafir's legs 
and then you know you put that shit online and you don't want people to know you're just steady beating off to Ari Shafir's legs you feel me people I mean they're sexy or it could be dickpartyinmymouth.com which we own go to Ari Shafir's legs that? Joe yeah what we own it? dickpartyinyourmouth.com because we were just trying to make the point we all wanted to make the point that this, you could hide right. this because it would be embarrassing if people knew that you had dickpartyinyourmouth.com right Cover.com forward slash Rogan is the sweet spot. If you go there, you will save 10% off your domain name registrations. And uh, like I said, it's the same company that owns Ting. Very ethical company. Very reasonable rates. And I use them too. So go. They support the podcast. And we support them. And blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Onnit.com, last sponsor, O-N-N-I-T. Use the code name Rogan, save 10% off any supplements. That's it. Fuck it. We, let's, let's not say anything more. I talk too much. Boom. We got Jason Silva. Boom. We got Ari Shafir. Boom. We got Duncan Trussell. This is the Uber podcast. It launches now. Joe Rogan podcast. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. <sighs> Praise Odin, Duncan Trussell. Praise Odin. Praise Odin, Jason Silva. Praise Odin. Praise Odin, Ari Shafir. <laughs> Praise Odin, yeah. We are finally, we're finally together again. Oh, this is a fucking super podcast. Yeah. This is really great. This is as sexy yeah. as it gets yeah. for me. I'm, I'm very happy to be here, man. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. It was Thank so you. cool running into you at the, the Global Future 2045 conference, man. I that know. was badass. Dude, that was awesome. That is your world, dude. That's where... Singularity, man. Yeah. Futurist. Well, I was actually talking with Duncan about this a little while ago. What was your guys' impression? Because, I mean, that's kind of like the mecca of the singularity. You guys visited Mecca. Yeah. The singularity. And because we visited for the show, we got to talk to some really cool people that, that yeah. probably would never sit down and talk to us. Yeah. You know, like Aubrey de Grey. I got to talk to Aubrey de Grey. Which yeah. We'll have that on the show. And, you know, you guys got to talk to... What was the gentleman's name of the robot? Uh, Hiroshi Ishigura. Hiroshi Ishigura? Ishiguro. Crazy yeah. robot, yeah. man. Yeah. Really did weird. You t- did you talk to the one that didn't have limbs? No. The one, the little baby one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the oh. weird, like, somewhat limbs. Yeah, well, but that looks that like one a ghost. Me, me too. That one responds to you in conversation. It understands what you say and it responds to you. So you're like, hey, how you doing? And it goes, good, how are you? Uh-huh. And then it's Whoa. like, and it's like, good, ah. man. Where are you from? He's like, I'm from Tokyo. And I'm like, oh, cool. Did you like to travel here? He's like, yeah, it was fun. But here's the thing. It's this, like, humanoid baby with no limbs, which <sighs> feels like the beginning of, like, a creepy sci-fi movie yeah. that starts out with showing, like, the first AI, but it's limbless so it's this like weird thing like so we're gonna build them but they're gonna be like a little circus freaks you know yeah. without uh-huh. limbs what it would just, be it just weirder? felt really honking what? would it be weirder if it was limbless or if it had limbs it couldn't move Either it was or. paralyzed these can move they can like, hug you with his nubs right with oh, his nub. but that's why it was freaky that because it felt it, because up, it responds to you like a human and it's cute you immediately anthropomorphize it and you, you start to respond to it sure. like it's alive and at yeah. some point it'll be so good at responding that by all measures that we know about when it comes to knowing if you're sub, you have a subjective experience or if you have a subjective we'll just believe that they're conscious and at yes. that point are they just going to be these living thinking things that we keep like limbless behind like up, you know, behind a rope, so people can like throw money and look at. I mean, it was just freaked me out the presentation of it. I didn't think I, it was. It was behind I, a rope. I don't think they're gonna. I think one thing that people haven't thought of with robots yet is that they think that they're going to be confined to one form. I think the 
reality is going to be that they are going to be able to disassemble into individual droplets if they want to. They're going to be these self-assembling things that can kind of like the Terminator. Oh, like Terminator, Remember? yeah. It became, became liquid. That's it. The new That's model. what it's yeah. going to be. Terminator. It's going to well, be like. Yeah. But think about that. In a way, it's kind of like time-lapsing reality because what are atoms if not self-assembling exactly. entities yeah, that link up together. with other atoms and yeah. become cells, and then those cells like self-assemble into into, into tissues and organisms. I mean, the whole story of the universe, the whole the the opposite of entropy is extropy, right? The things that move towards greater complexity and self-assemble. So when people talk about robots or nanotechnology, it just, yeah. it's like an acceleration of it yeah. so that it becomes discernible to us from and, this scale. And this is funny because it's... That already when, exists. When McKenna talks about his DMT experience, he calls them self-transforming machine elves. So it's yes! almost as though yes! he's come in contact with a future version of what these uh, androids are going to be. Well, well just stop if you think if you be. accelerated life. I mean, time right. is all, right. it's, it's all our perspective. Because if you accelerated our life, human life, the experience of humanity, yeah. but accelerated at times in a billion, right. and you got to see the first single cell become multicellular, <laughs> and, and on and on and on, cities rise, and right. people fly, and then the earth crash again you got you would get to see it all in yeah. like some sort of a psychedelic trip that only takes three minutes right. right and you would see the the earth form out of the cosmos yeah i mean you could oh yeah that's that's psychedelic i mean that might as yes. well be a mushroom trip 100 percent. i mean if you could Absolutely. like literally it's just a perspective thing it's right. a time it's thing all perspective like even when you see time lapse of trees growing i mean yeah. it's like you see the tree and it aims towards the sun yeah the plants like yeah. aim towards yeah, the sun that's that's the flowers i mean it's kind of crazy it's almost like agency itself yeah. which is that, that what they call the you know the life force that there's yeah. agency uh. even plants seem to have it through time lapse like you see Agency, intent, like it yeah. wants to go towards something. Oh, right. now, what That's does that cool. say? And Kevin Kelly, okay, the, the, the trippy co-founder of Wired, in his book, What Technology Wants, he calls technology the technium. He says it's the seventh kingdom of life wow. and that it also wow. has wants and needs. And he says that if Ooh. we were able to zoom out Batteries. and remove ourselves from the being the co-participants in, in creating technology, it would actually look like the technology itself is self-assembling and has a direction, yes. like the time-lapsing of plants, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. And then when McKenna was tripping out and he starts talking about singularities. Yes. Hello, hear the echo with Kurzweil and McKenna. Sure. So McKenna's tripping on DMT and talking about singularities. He's talking about universes that engender novelty, universes that allow the sprouting of new possibility. It's the same thing that Kevin Kelly's writing about in his technology book. Right. So you yeah. see like the respected technologists writing these books about what's happening. You know, even Eric Schmidt, The Age of Augmented Humanity and Google. Google represents the literalization of the psychedelic dream. You know, the literalization of the idea that we are expanding our minds with these technologies, whether they be chemical technologies or whether they be these external technologies. And what you're saying, this is why it's hilarious when you hear people start railing against it's unnatural. Completely. We shouldn't do it. Yeah, because right. what you're saying is like, no, actually there appears to be some form of transcendent uh, yes. invisible architecture yes. that all things grow upon in a yes. similar way, whether 100%. it's plants, technology, humans. It just stretches on this invisible framework and reveals 100%. what's hidden and underneath all things, which seems to be this ever-perfecting, ever-complexifying, harmonious expression. That's right. And Pierre de Chardin, who was a famous Jesuit Love priest, him. called it the Omega <laughs> Point. He called it the Omega Point. He got pushed out of the church because he basically 
sort of divinized the idea of the singularity and he was using the language of God but he was talking about this move towards complexity and the phenomenon of man and man was the point in which evolution became self-aware and started directing its own evolution doesn't that echo what we were talking about at the Futures Conference so you see these echoes you see these patterns that connect you know the whole idea of cyberdelics right cybernetics and computers and then psychedelics and you know chemical technologies and they collide in what's known as cyberdelic that all started in the 60s and 70s in Silicon Valley when the computer science Scientists were tripping on LSD Start and working on creative shit, yeah. problems. Yeah. yeah. Xerox Park, Augmenting Human Intelligence. There's a book by John Markoff called What the Dormouse Says, which talks about that, where that came from. I mean, you have to think that these people were out of their minds when they were conceiving of a world in which these computers could be wirelessly sending our thoughts across time and space at the speed of light and that we're all going to be connected and see our faces on these, like, machines. Like, I mean, you have to be, in a way, psychologically or metaphorically tripping to even think so far outside the box. So. It's That's why, a, like, Da Vinci was so fascinating. Yeah. yeah like, the, and and a lot of the stuff that he came up with, it really didn't come to fruition in that form. But you could see that he was, like, thinking of these concepts, like, really? way ahead of everybody else. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was just really, like, what a fascinating, fascinating guy that must have been. Oh, completely. And envisioning the future, knowing that he's just stuck with these fucking apes. Do you think apes. he could have any regular yeah, conversation completely. with anybody? <laughs> I I'm doubt it. Do you think he could walk along and pretend that he cared about what happened at the Coliseum last night? Did yeah. you hear about the potatoes or tainted? <laughs> the potatoes are no good. We're going to riot. <laughs> we can fly. Well, he's drawing a fucking helicopter in his backyard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah can what, you imagine? That's so far ahead of the curve. Oh, it's completely. just, it's, it, it, but it stands to reason that some people are born with bigger dicks and other people have larger ears. Yeah. Some people just have a, a part of the brain or yeah. a, a, the ability to tune into creativity. Yeah. Who's Da Vinci's teacher? Well, it sounds like, I mean, was, yeah, he, was, he, question, was, right? was he a wealthy guy? Like, did he come from a background where he had he time, time for leisure? I do not know. I do not know any of the history of Da Vinci. He didn't make any money at these things. Well, here's the thing. So? I was reading an article today that said, you know, even though human beings evolved about 200,000 years ago, the first art, the first signs of like religion or, you know, contemplative thinking didn't appear until the cave paintings that are like 70,000 years old. So if we've had the same brains for 200,000 years, but you didn't see the beginning of humanness or imagination until about 70,000 years ago, why did it take so long if we've had yeah. the same brains? Yeah, well, and well, the idea also... is that we, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Those first 100,000 years, we didn't even have enough food. We didn't have like no, you know, any kind right. of organized society. It's... It was only when we could afford the leisure time that all this other it's stuff It's like starts... paying back a loan. You mostly pay interest at first and then, <laughs> and then one cent on the powerful on the, on the... Jew logic. Well, that's what it is. And then eventually you're paying like only two Jew cents of interest. Singularity. Yeah, and the rest of the stuff, yeah, until you yeah. get it all. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, had, they took 99% of their time just dealing with staying alive. Yeah, just dealing with staying 1% to get right. to wherever they were it's going. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's like, wow. as a collective human society, at some point, <laughs> we were able to, we had enough hunters and we had enough organization, maybe, that we could feed ourselves. And there was the beginning of free time. Yeah. The beginning yeah. of eating psychedelic chemicals right. and making cave paintings and well, shamanic dances and all of that. Time. Whoever has free time is, my God. Think about countries today, right. civilizations today that are living like that. Have you heard about these people in India? Oh. There, there's an island, an uncontacted island off of India and recently these uh, within the last few years these fishermen inadvertently got drunk on their boat and drifted into the shore and these people killed them they killed them and then the the authorities were trying to figure out how to get to the bodies without getting shot at by these people and having to kill them because there's not that many left there's maybe like 40 or 50 and they have no contact with other human beings wow. they are barbarians wow. they're total 100% complete savages that are living off the land fishing with homemade nets yeah, made with twine how do you twine. put them under just like 
they they're controlling mm. themselves. Who yeah. are you to like, put them under your thumb? Yeah, well, it's it's not only that they won't even go in there to retaliate against murder, which is fascinating yeah. to me. It's like the anthropologists are so concerned with keeping this intact and studying the civilization in some sort of a way to try to. You see, I mean, this really, there's not that attacked. many left. Almost like their own country, and they were attacked. Well, no, no, both Bo- washed up. aboard, and they just killed the guy. Oh, <laughs> they didn't yeah. even yeah. talk to him first. You know, I mean, he might have been yeah. a respected member of the community within six months. Hmm. You know, they didn't even give him a chance. Hello, can you help me out? My rudder seems broken. <laughs> and there's, there's tales of cannibalism, but um, it's hard to substantiate, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. So you might be dealing with cannibals that we uh, allow to kill people because wow. they're so primitive that we don't want to fuck up what they've got. Because mm. there's only like 40 of them. Why do we want to preserve yeah. that? Isn't that interesting? Because there is a sentimental instinct in humanity that wants to preserve everything. Uh, in yeah. everything. All, all the a old... hamburger place goes under a yeah. prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like an instinct that people want to do that and a lot of people say that's like you know that's part of our humanity is is keeping intact cultures and religions and yeah, keeping well that, intact all these ideas because they, they 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 you can see that with this thing that's emerging this thing that's emerging is so far is so much bigger than some old desert religion and the bigger it gets and the more this thing emerges the more its light begins to shine so brightly that all right. these silly little superstitious ideas begin to seem increasingly well, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean our consciousness yeah. is becoming so expanded that it's almost like uh, you know we're able to like all of a sudden turn around and see ourselves. And I know that right. sounds almost like an impossible shape, but like the first time that we can actually do that and we can see ourselves sort of out of context, just like in 1969 when astronauts first took a picture of the earth from the vantage point of space. I mean, that's literally like the human mind was folding in on itself because how is it possible yeah. to, for a human brain that emerged from the earth to then see the, the earth not from the earth right. do you know well, what I mean it's like those? the earth looking at itself like that's what was happening because we are like a seed of the planet and then we left the planet and turned around and took a right. picture how about the mind about- fucks of the shots from the Voyager from orbit oh yeah where you see earth as like a, like a, little, a, a pale blue dot little dot have you and seen you Sagan's go, oh film? my god yeah. We- yes yeah yeah amazing they sent something out there and it's still taking pictures of us and mm-hmm. it's it's so fucking far away that we're like a little tiny dot and then you get a sense of what this thing really is yeah. for nothing it's like, compared to all of it it's insanity yeah. it's insanity it doesn't what, even how do you reconcile yourself though to that like think about the average person how do you accommodate to yourself to the idea that well, everything you know the vast expanse the repository of experience of your entire life is a blink of a blink of a blink on a grain of a grain of a grain yeah. of a grain like, well instead of turning it that fun. way I mean you you here, yeah, listen that's it. it's like, you don't matter at all why yeah. not just enjoy yourself. Well, you do matter, though. That's not true but either. you want it to mean it's something. Not, it's you not that, narrative. but it does. Yeah, but it does. Fly. No, it does. It does mean something. It means something to you right now. It's tangible. It's real. It means something to the people that you're in contact with. There's nothing unreal or unnatural about it because it's temporary. But, do you, all, but, you, but do, do you have attachments or you don't have attachments? Well, you do. It's natural. But there's this connection that you have to this greater gigantic thing yeah. doesn't negate the small moments in your life. Right. It doesn't right. negate video games that you enjoy. It doesn't right. negate finding like the perfect porn to jerk off to. Right. It doesn't negate That's a sandwich that you enjoy. Fun. Yes. Just oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Give yourself happiness until you're, you're gone. And but no it does. It, you. But, you, but you, I don't agree that it doesn't matter because it does matter. It matters to you right now. Yeah. And although that, that yeah. seems yeah. ridiculous, yeah. so does life itself. So does every breath you take. Well, hold your breath, stupid. Yeah. You don't You don't think the breathing's important? Hold your breath. Of course it's important. Yeah. You don't 
be silly. Yeah. You're like this. The existential yeah. ideas can overwhelm the reality of the situation, and the yeah. reality of the situation is you would like to stay alive, and for the most part, it's fun. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And if it's not fun, you've managed your right your life incorrectly. But you know, but you know what's sure. in- interesting about what you just said is that you know you you've eloquently stated something that's in- actually very difficult for most people to experience. Most people either have to have like they have to be half asleep, which means ignore the overwhelming universe and just just be barely present. And then other people are awake to this overwhelming universe. You know, Brian's right here and he panic. can hear you. Hey. You know, uh-huh. you, you're talking about him like he's not here. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's jabbing <laughs> at Red Band. <laughs> no, we're not. We're just bringing him into the conversation. No, but I, it's, like, it's like, you know, Albert Camus, the existentialist, said life should be lived Stranger. to the point of tears, right? And, and yeah. he'd say, everything has been figured out except how to live. And this is the I heard question that was due was in the onions and hot sauce. He was just a freak like that. Oh yeah, Camus. Yeah, it was a big misunderstanding. You he was know an he- onions and hot sauce, uh, hot sauce aficionado, and everybody yeah. was like, "Oh, he's just like really deep." No, you know how he, di- you, you know how he died. Oh. He, he had a train ticket that he was going to take a train to get to his destination. His friends were like, "No, let us drive you." And, and he got in an accident. Yeah, it was like a oh, bad, a terrible Christ. decision. But go on with your Camus quote because I love. Yeah, him. well, no, but I think that you know, it, it the day before I can't remember. It's like what's that, Ari? My mother died yesterday, or it might have been the day before. I can't remember. Kamuqua. Oh yeah, I remember that. Stranger. Yeah, just disconnected completely. completely like, I remember ah. reading it and I found it really depressing. Well, I guess my whole question is: okay, so in the face of an infinite universe, with our minds, we can ponder something close to the infinite. Yet the irony is that we're housed in these heart-pumping, breath-gasping, decaying bodies. You know, Ernest yes. Becker, who wrote *The Denial of Death*, says we are gods with anuses. Think of how brilliant that is. So the idea that we are these transcendent beings, but every single day we are reminded that we have meta- metabolism. It's funny entropy. that Becker thinks that God doesn't have an anus. <laughs> yeah, how does he asshole. know? <laughs> what an asshole. It'd be so presumptuous. <laughs> but still, how do you, you reconcile? Yeah, it's the only species that can really like st- lose sleep over the fact that we are mortal beings. You know, mm-hmm. we, we can barely sustain the here and now because we know that one day we might be yeah. dead. And so what do we do? Do we just lose ourselves in diversions and sex and drugs? Well, here's, yes. here's my problem with this whole line of thinking. Yeah. Here's my problem with this whole line of thinking. Yeah. What does the average person do? What does the average person do? Work. How about turn the question inward and say, what do you do? And tell everybody what you do because that's how we figure it out. Through you telling me how you're managing it, I tell you. But when you start going, what does the average person do? Well, the reality is we're all the average we're all person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're all the average person. Yeah. The yeah. average person varies in radically. In our insignificance especially. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, absolutely in our significance. We are all the like average person at 100%. Yeah, when someone says that all men are created equal, not really, but yes. Yeah. Not really in this experience, but yes. You know, there's yeah. Einsteins, there's Stephen yeah. Hawking's, there's yeah. fucking Lou Ferrigno's. There's a lot of weird people in this world. But there, there, I think there's a responsibility as, you, as a technology emerges and science begins to show us the truth uh, of reality, these responsibilities begin to emerge that create ethical dilemmas for sure. societies, which is when you have large swaths of the human population being controlled by tyrannical, fundamentalist, religious people yeah. who are basing everything they do on a, a phantasmal being that clearly doesn't exist in outdated rituals that are are, are, are just rotting. They Galileo apologize. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What yeah. do you do? Because in those situations, at some point, it's like, well... You do have a right. You obviously there's freedom of religion. You want to give people freedom of religion, but simultaneously, it's like, well, but why are you cutting girls' 
clitoris is off. I, like, no. you know Completely what I mean? Like, well, dude, it's yeah. almost like, it's almost like, you know, we, we need an upgrade, you know, like yeah. re- religion was a technology that at least informed people with the, the, the illusion of meaning so that they could, you know, as they say, you can live for a week without food, three days without water, but not a minute without hope, you know, like, right. so that gave us hope. And then Ernest Becker says that was the first I solution. I could hang on for a minute. Yeah, that was the first Whoever solution. said that never ate a pot brownie <laughs> because there's fucking hours with no hope. Yeah. And you get through it. You get, you get through that shit. Folks. You get through it, it and you learn. Oh, that's, that's you well learn put. when you hit the other side. <laughs> you learn when you hit the other side. Well, that's interesting. Well, you, you know, you, we talked about ayahuasca and DMT, which, uh, you know, as Eric Davis says, baseline reality dissolves. There is a complete ego death and a new reality emerges. Or yes. it just fucks with your visual cortex and you add it all with your ego and your psyche and your yeah. creativity. And you just you have the ability to generate images inside the mind's eye with your creativity, and you just create a fucking world of geometric patterns because that's how your eyeball works when it's yeah. over flooded with too much DMT. That's how your visual cortex responds that's what happens. when there's ten times the normal dose in. Maybe that too. Just like when you have a cut, it clots. Yeah, but it's you just know how it responds to that. You, this is what I always say when people say, "How do you know whether or not a DMT trip is real?" Like what you know, like you're pretending like that that really happened. You really did speak with intelligent beings from the planet. Yeah. The reality is whether or not you really did go to another dimension and mm-hmm. speak with these super intelligent beings who are made out of love, or whether it <laughs> didn't happen at all. Either way, you experience the same thing. Right. right. Sure. You get to the, hear the message. You get to see the exact same thing as if it was real. Yes. Like well, literally. Well, you, you know where that was explored brilliantly? Do you guys remember the movie Contact? Yeah. Yes. Based on the Carl Sagan yes. book. So she is a secular scientist. Yeah. She doesn't want to hang out with like, you know, Matthew McConaughey, who's a priest. She doesn't believe in God. In fact, at first they try not to oh, let her go. She lo- she, but see, that's how the but brilliant no, the of the end- Matthew McConaughey cock. Because even though she didn't want any of that, he still fucked her. Yeah, Boom, he did. Boom, son. <laughs> Boom. That's right. She but risked pregnancy. Happened at the end of the movie, she went right through yeah. the wormhole and mm-hmm. went to this, saw these alien civilizations, had an experience that sounded like a religious experience, except it was, you know, a she scientific didn't go encounter though, with the alien. Right? Well, from the perspective of Earth, through the wormhole, it just looked like the ship just went, ran right through. Right. So nobody believed her, but she had the experience. So all of a sudden, she was sounding yeah. like the religious people or like the people that were tripping that said they saw the elves. Right. And all of a sudden, she, as the scientist, was had to cast doubt on her own experience because she. Yeah, but like, Saw the what, evidence like when you it. try DMT, you know already what that is. It doesn't just hit you. You're like, what the fuck? And your mind just explodes. You know right. you're taking something. So you can make reason of it. I could totally see like, well, what was it? That must be God. And let yeah. me tell other people about this. Well, you know, I that's totally what, see that. There's scholars in Jerusalem, legitimate scholars now, that believe that that's what Moses saw when he saw the burning bush. What? That he saw the acacia tree. The acacia tree, which is rich in DMT, and it's really common to that area. Okay. That makes the, a lot of sense. The idea is that this bush or the extraction of this bush was burning, and that's how he had this religious experience yeah. and saw God. He had there. a DMT trip. And this is like this that is not. They caught a puff of this tree like on fire. That's one of the theories, wow, I can but see it's, that. that's just a theory. That, yeah. But the primary focus is of achieving this theory is that Moses most likely had a psychedelic experience. Yeah, because we know that these substances yeah. are not new. And plus, he right. said he got the tablets yeah. that God gave him. But he smashed him before he got down the hill. <laughs> and he was mad because they made the golden cow. He smashed him. Nobody ever saw the fucking tablets. Yeah, he was tripping. Yeah. His and dick that off. researcher does True. a lot of mushrooms. You know. Yeah, he could yeah. have been well, like, "Yeah, so, well, no, I smashed it." They the destroy the evidence. There's yeah, a, all the or destroy no the non-evidence. Well, yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. talking about it's high. But that's very similar to when Terence McKenna talks about the stoned ape hypothesis, obviously. But there's um there's a guy called Rich Doyle. He wrote a book called Darwin's Pharmacy, and it's about mm. sex, plants, and the evolution of the newosphere. And he talks about 
psychedelic substances as information technologies that manipulate our ability to capture and manage attention. So they create what he calls infinite resonance with set and setting. So in other words, infinite resonance with set and setting. That's why when people talk about like psychedelic experiences, they're like, make sure you're in a good headspace, make sure you're in a set and setting. Because if you have infinite resonance with set and setting, it means that resonance like you're you, you become completely porous to whatever is oh, around like, this motherfucker's talking mumbo jumbo no, I'm you hearing it but I want you don't you, 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 don't have, you, you no longer I, have I the ability it. it's like turning it's like turning up the volume on existence okay. turning up the volume so loud that if you're in a magnificent place looking at a tree you might think you're looking at God if you're in an uncomfortable situation you're gonna go down to the pits it means of you know that yeah. thing when a microphone no, gets too loud and you yes. get feedback uh-huh. yes if you're in a shitty place tripping you yeah. can get a feedback infinite feedback yeah. just keeps going or you could have, be in a beautiful place that you know it elicits feelings of calm and sereneness, and then you can feel like you're like infinite being orgasm. by God. Yeah, yeah. happy shroom fest. That's going to be the real happy shroom fest. Again, that's going to be the real problem when people are able to decide what state of consciousness they experience at that moment. Not even yeah. earn it by being so scared that you take mushrooms. Because every time I've taken mushrooms, I've been scared. You should be. You're about to go through some change. Yeah. I get scared scare when I eat a pot cookie. Control. When I When I eat the last crumb of a pot cookie, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. You got to deal with you have that yeah. I start tapping my yes. feet going, motherfucker. What get? did I do? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. You now, know, is that is that why? Is that because it's like if you think of the metaphor of skydiving, it's the moment we've already jumped. I honestly think that there is an accelerating process of self development that we all go through, yep. and that if we are not improving as a human being, we feel shitty. Yeah, we don't feel good. I yeah. don't feel good unless I'm getting my shit together. That's just a fact. Um, I'm I try to be a better person today than I was yesterday for yeah. real, and it sounds stupid, but. It's because everybody says it, and very few people like legitimately, totally practice it. They fall in and out, but I feel like that's also one of the reasons why people aren't that happy. I feel like if you're not like improving yourself and 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 getting rid of your bullshit yeah. in life, yeah. it's very difficult to feel good. It's right. very difficult to be enjoying it if you have all these issues that you're not dealing with, right. like about you as a person, or you with your job, or you, you know. I hear more and, and more people talking about it when they say like, and I know I've been bad at that, and I'm actually trying to get trying to make a note to not be like that anymore. They might be telling the truth. I mean, it's not a process where, you know, you either get it right or you don't get it right. Like some people fall back and forth. I mean, how many people do we know that used to drink and then drank again and stopped drinking for a long time? And then, you know, it's like a little battle sometimes with with people to try to improve their shit. Ram Dass compares it to floating in in the ocean and your head's bobbing up and down sometimes you see the shore and sometimes you don't that's what it's like it's like yeah. sometimes yeah, you're yeah, there yeah. and you see it sometimes but you can't beat yourself up when you go down you have to have faith like, that you'll okay, come cool, back I'm up again that. but what yeah. you're saying is dead on man because if i'm feeling like shit it, what you're saying it's not some broad big thing you've got to do if i'm feeling like shit nine times out of ten it's just because i've got dishes in the sink or i didn't go jogging yeah. or i didn't like sweep my kitchen it's well, not like that, big but that, but that would be like an example of set and setting right there right. you know other people say that you know 99% of your problems will go away if you get a good night's sleep like in terms right. of a lot like of them do of like, yeah I think because you sometimes you know even when you're sleeping you're thinking about things and you're putting them into perspective yeah I mean how many times you've been really upset when you go to bed and by the time the night is over you're like eh whatever oh right you let it go sleep yeah. on well it, it has to do with yeah. like like regulating gig, your emotions a gig you, you lost yeah. or something yeah. Yeah. something that happened like you I'm sure so you've had a few to to bed before you make the phone call talk to you about this because you've had a few instances where um, like the amazing racist stuff yeah. like lost you gigs yeah or I just a tweet. had to get a thing cancelled in, in, in London Ontario that's right yeah somebody yeah. Now that's got to be frustrating as fuck. So frustrating. Like, how do you let go of that? Like when you when you're dealing with something like that, hey, how do you let go of that? Well, sometimes you say, I I stop myself. I go, stop. Hold on. 
can griping about this change it in any way? No. All right. All right. Move on. So it's like <laughs> a little moment of dialogue with yourself and a decision. Yeah. To if I'm if I'm a, if I'm in a uh, a long line at the at the uh, airport and I'm going to miss my flight, and I'm, I'm like, oh come on! I keep looking up ahead. I'm like, are you going to go to the front and ask, say, I'm about to miss my flight, or are you not? If you're not, are then you- stop griping. Yeah. Then just let it's it wash very over interesting. You. I have a friend who's starting a company. He wants to create a watch that regulates emotion because people talk about like creating. If you, you know, the, we're talking about the age of the quantified self, where we're going to have all these devices a that are going to watch that what emotions that, re- that measures emotion. Oh, Ew, really? Then you it's have everybody you know if you're annoyed. Well, it's not going to tell other people. It'll tell you. So you it'll, 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 it'll measure your biofeedback rhythms and it'll give you feedback yeah. to tell you how you're feeling, so that then you can change your behavior if that's what needs to be done feedback loop seems to be the best way to reprogram reflex responses like they're saying that the best way to stop people from doing speeding is not from like actually pulling them over but it's from those sensors that say your speed right. and right. tell you that's that cool, as you man. pass them by yeah. so receiving feedback is the best way to change behavior yeah. oh. so in terms of like it moving towards experience design and the age of the quantified self is if you, if you know you're eating something unhealthy maybe you won't eat it if you're constantly reminded no, about that's how you're cool, feeling man. and what you're, you're doing you can really kind of improve yourself and it goes that's back why. to the whole thing of like technologically enhanced mindfulness is yes. what that is because uh, it's well, like brilliantly put. H- how often are you wandering around in a state of absolute terror yeah. Yeah. pretending everything's fine yeah. I'm totally fine yeah. having a great day yeah. but inside you're like oh fuck right. man if I don't make enough money I'm not going to make uh, rent yeah. but you're pretending to be happy uh, so if you have a watch that's a bolt that's flashing like, yeah. like you are terrified you, you are, are tense terrified. right now you are tense right now. talk about it deal with it. one yeah. of the most important things uh. that uh anybody could ever understand in this life is what happens and what it feels like when you're out of debt you know because yes. how many of us how many of us Hangs by the time we're time. 20 whatever the fuck we are we have so much money that we can't pay off credit cards yes. student I just, loans I just last week paid off my college loans oh congratulations I'm 39 isn't that crazy? What a crazy society we have that, like, everybody, by the time they're 30 years old, is in some kind of debt unless Slavery. you're super yeah. rich. Slavery. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, education debt, right? A yes. lot of education yeah. debt. But that's going to change. Debt. That's going to change with technology. Medical school debt is insane. Not medical school, medical debt. That too. Those are two systems that definitely need an upgrade. I mean, Fuck that's yes. the thing. And this mm. is what we can actually connect that to the ideas that Rick Kurzweil is talking about. He's saying that healthcare is about to undergo the same transformation that information technology went through. So that means that the whole idea of how people you know, cure themselves or fix diseases, this is all going to become like something that's a part of our smartphone and part of our day-to-day life. So it's going to change that broken system of healthcare. Oh, and education totally also. Education through the internet, free education, people around the world coming online, joining this, the global conversation, getting free education. So a hopefully, Harvard uh, yeah. uh, professor who's yeah. offering all his classes online. Yeah, like, exactly. Ahead, take it. Yeah, it's only the beginning of that. And you have these the power of decentralized peer networks that can be leveraged to solve all these problems. You know, what Steve, does that Steve, mean? Steven, what does that mean? Decentralized peer networks. It's the same thing that we talk about self organization and emergence when like cells link up together and become yes. organisms. So, so like you have Facebook, you yeah. have electronic self organization happening like with social media, like when spontaneous okay. when there's leaderless protests that just right. spontaneously self organize. Sure. And these technologies are allow these decentralized peer networks that cool. don't have leaders and don't have a head Anonymous. that you can cut off. Potentially something like that. But so Stephen Johnson's book, Future Perfect, talks about how those can be leveraged to like solve problems, you know, like cure diseases, like leverage the like, collective like this, intelligence. How like peer 
Yeah, peer these, decentralized peer networks. By the yeah. way, I love that term because uh-huh. I think one of the big fucking problems is the need that people have to claim responsibility for innovation. And this is this is one of the horrors of our age is that that thing which makes people get rich is what motivates people. People aren't motivated. Like when people are trying to cure cancer, you yeah. like to believe that the reason they're trying to cure cancer is out of some kind of altruistic yeah. desire until you see them going to the Supreme Court to try to patent genes because they want to profit off yeah. of their research yeah that's pretty weird right it seems like the pro- the, the idea should be the the, the dreamy i know but that's why mo- pfizer is giving the researchers the money to research is so that eventually they'll be able to show return on that investment right it's just a strange yeah, it's strange it's right? very strange, strange. Wait, and you know what the real problem with all of it is that it's not psychedelic that's the real problem is that you can make money and create things, but you have to have a psychedelic mindset in order for society to move forward like emotionally right. and put it all behind and friendship wise. Like if it's not doing that, then it's going to get caught up in the ones and zeros mm-hmm. collecting the numbers. It can be prosperous and still be ethical. It's just it's not, and the yeah. reason why it's not is because the this the, when you have a corporation like you, you get that diffusion of responsibility thing going on, which is the opposite of what's psychedelic. Yes, absolutely, exactly, man. It's, it's where the individual has no responsibility for the mass of individuals, hmm. whereas the psychedelic experience is the mass of individuals is connected entirely. Yes, uh, that's yeah. Well put. Right, Joshua Tree on Sunday. Do tell me what you're going to do there, son. Let me guess. I think <laughs> yeah. you're you're probably going to do your taxes. No, I'm not going to do my taxes. Are you going to get your mushrooms under the freak, super moon? Get your freak on. Is there a super moon on Sunday? Sunday night, middle of Shroom Fest. Let me tell you something, son. When you do That's mushrooms, cool. it's always yeah. a super moon. <laughs> There's no non super moon. When you do mushrooms and you realize that there is a fucking planet one quarter of the size of ours. And it's literally floating above our heads. <laughs> yeah, it's are you doing just tent? floating? What? Are you doing tent, hotel room? No, tent. <laughs> tent. Tent out in Joshua. Yeah, I've never been there, too. It should be cool. Duncan, what are you getting, buddy? Getting beer for you and me. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's all right, what I'm talking about. Else? I'll have one. Beer? Try one of these Black Butte porters. They're delish. Yeah. Delicious. Uh, I tried, so I tried drinking with a 23-year-old recently. <sighs> Those people are straight out of college. They're in training. Damn. Yeah, they, they bring shots around fuck. like it's nothing, and I'm no. barfing in the street, and they're still going. They don't give a fuck. God, I can't. Yeah, your liver's old, son. Yeah. It's almost you, over for Have you, you ever had um, Eric Davis on the show? Eric Davis is. He wrote a book called Technosis that mm-hmm. I think you guys would love. Yeah? He, he, he kind of writes about the mystical undertones of technology. So, again, like the whole psychedelic cybernetics thing. And I just, I, I don't know, I wondered if you guys ever had him. Cause he, he, no, I never heard of him. Yeah, uh, now I know. Check out this book. Yeah, it's Boom. Cool. Sounds good. It Sounds like this. perfect stuff. Right up my alley. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many people like that now. Thank you, sir. That's the beautiful thing about this time. It's like, you know, every day there's some new guy who's got a new video or a new song or a new fuck. There's so many fucking pieces of something that are being created, whether oh, it's yeah. jokes. There's more comedians now than ever. There's I really access so. to all of it. Yeah. There's, but there's also an infinite amount of content. How do you decide what to pay attention to? That's one it's of really the, hard. Well, that's one of the things. Anxiety? Well, that's the, well, the beauty of something like a death squad. Where like you know what, which was the stupid nickname that we all call ourselves. Like you know that if Ari tells you someone's funny, he's yeah. not going to be lying about it, right? You know, so if you, Duncan you tells you, guys, you so guys... many people that aren't funny, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's good. If you guys Ari are... tells me to watch some guy, I know he's really funny. So yeah. uh, the, the audience knows that too, and that's sort of like the beauty of having like a bunch of people that have a like-minded. Yeah. You, you tune in, uh-huh. and we're all different. Like there's a lot of alt people that would hate our humor all right and the last thing they want to do is be hanging around with us and they're not wrong yeah they're just not into it they're just they have a different thing Mm -hmm. you know i mean 
but you find your thing, whatever it is, you know, whether it's Johnny Cash or Taylor Swift, yeah. you fucking follow it. And then, you know, whatever's connected the to her. That, yeah, I mean, those people are going to find it for you. Yeah, I think that's how you do it in today's day and age. It's like, and that's the beauty of us being able to introduce people like Burt Kreischer or, you know, anybody else that we brought onto our podcast that all of a sudden other people can go, oh, that guy's really funny. Like, oh, and he's friends with this guy. Oh, that guy's really funny too. And then Jason it just, Silva. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, how many people discovered you? Well, this, the, sort of this was this was one of the biggest thing I ever I ever did. Come on 17. your podcast, dude. It's That's been, amazing. It's been, it's been a year later, and I still get people saying like to come back and hang out with you guys and have a man jab, which has been amazing. Well, it's a two way street though, because the whole reason why the podcast is is interesting is because people like you are interested in coming on. You know, it's like, right. if you only had just me talking after a while, I'd be repeating stories like a motherfucker. <laughs> I'd just be spouting nonsense at this yeah. point. But you know what's interesting about what, what you're saying? You know, there's a book that talks about the importance of an information diet. You know, because we live in a world now where there is like an Earth. infinite amount of content out there, more than 10,000 hours of video uploaded to YouTube every hour, some crazy number like that. And so the most difficult thing, I think, be- becomes deciding who are going to be your information diet filters. Like in this case, yeah. the mm-hmm. death squad, the peer networks that you are connected right. to, the people you follow Powerful on Brian Twitter. Reichel. Oh, yeah, a lot of people trust NBC. By the way, uh, when is the Brian Redband? When is the new shirt coming out? Well, Brian Redband's leaving us, everybody. So he's got to go do uh, an ice house show. Uh, when is the new sh- shirt coming out? Pre-order should be up next week, so next two weeks or so. It's my favorite of all time. It's it, it's uh, head and shoulders. That's it's it. awesome. And the other one is awesome too. But this new one is on another level. It's dope. I want it. I want. It. I want a pair of I underwear. Want it. I want a pair of underwear with that on. Jesus Christ! I don't give a fuck, dude. I wear cloth off over my dick. Oh, oh, no, t- dude. Not on that podcast, Joe. I like you smell them. <laughs> yeah. Jason, what kind of car do you drive, What's, dude? Oh, that was the. I don't have a car anymore. You one of those York. motherfuckers? I'm in New York. Jesus, I, I used son. to have one here. Car in New York. You don't. You don't uh, drive cars. I mean, when I lived here, I had a car. I wanted to ask you about that Tesla. Oh, yeah, figure. Yeah. Oh my God, is that the coolest thing of I all know, time? It's kind of incredible, and they're only going to get better. I think they're about to release like the what third or fourth generation. Now? I don't know. Martine oh. Rothblatt had one, and uh-huh. uh, when I interviewed her, and I got to meet her robot Bina Forty Eight. Yeah, you ever seen that? Her, no. her spouse is a robot. Martine really? Rothblatt, fascinating story. Was a man. Mm-hmm. Was a man. Uh, founded Sirius Satellite Radio. Got a sex change. Became a woman, and then created a robot. Yeah. That is a direct copy, a duplicate of her spouse, her and it's wow. creepy how good Where's it looks. Where's the spouse? Well, there, she's there too. Uh, okay, she's there as well. I mean, she, <laughs> she just loves her, so she made a robot for her. That's so yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like Liberace making that guy uh, change his face to him. Whoa! No, did he really, really do like that? that. Did yeah, he really he, do he that? Got, he got made him get plastic surgery. Did to, he really to do look that? More like Liberace. That's hilarious. He really is out in that the, the HBO thing. Yeah, I always wondered why Matt Damon and Michael Douglas were willing to do that, and like they have pictures of those two blowing each other. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense. Well, they agreed to do a little. Like if they came up to you and you were you were Matt Damon, and they said, "Hey, listen, man, I know those Born Identity movies. They were really big and everything. Blah 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 blah. Listen, you're gonna play Liberace's butt buddy." Are Best you down? All, made for TV. <laughs> yeah, made for TV. <laughs> yeah. No, play it's on HBO. Liberace's longtime lover. Oh, I see. Not in the movie. Butt Buddy's yeah. very offensive, by the way, to my gay friends, and I apologize for but that. Buddy. But Buddy, Butt Pirate. You guys are so immature. Well, it's, it's not. I mean, if you said that a girl was your vagina pal, would that be rude? Vagina pal. You no, know, it'd just be embarrassing. That, that would be rude, but isn't it that. interesting that a girl can call a guy a dick and there's no repercussions at all? There yeah, are to my she heart. Can say, and she can even say, uh, I'm That's here true. to get get some good Jason Silva dick. 
and you wouldn't have any problem with that. You'd be like, yep, I'm dishing it out, honey. Yeah. If, but if a guy says, oh, I'm here to get some sweet Mary pussy, she'd be like, what the fuck? It's because they're really? the gatekeepers. That's who I am? I'm sweet Mary pussy? You don't think that's gross? And you're like, oh my God, you're not really my friend. Can't even joke around with you. <laughs> Jason, what do you think is going to happen with these sex androids? What do you see as the future? Uh, well, I think, I, think the, 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 I think the sex, the sex technology <laughs> will probably be the pioneer. I mean, just like with porn, yeah. the porn industry pioneered DVDs when DVDs were first a thing. Who do you think was doing the most advanced, like, multi-angle, interactive mm-hmm. DVD experiences was the right. porn industry. I mean, was when porn, as we soon are, as they said phones wasn't going to go with uh, that old style of video, yeah. all the porn was like, cool, we'll update. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the I iPhone mean, the, never did. The rest of them, yeah. like, yep. Totally. I mean, we're always going to be driven by sort of... Of our sexual desires. Kurzweil says we'll be able to tap into each other's nervous systems and become each other when we have sex with oh, our that's girlfriend. with someone. Like imagine actually yes. merging. Is- well, but no, but some people say, you know, the Kama Sutra talks about we've been wanting to merge with our lovers since the beginning sure, of time. We want to become it. one. But Two imagine if we can one. actually scramble our nervous systems together because or we have imagine the, the demolition you- man device or whatever. Remember that's that? Good. That could be a real mind fuck though if you just find out that you are like the worst in bed ever. You or feel what better. it's like to be fucked by Holy you. Holy shit. You're Look at like, that. That's uh, very eloquent. Look at me. I'm this og. Why am I doing that? Maybe you can grow Even better. It would be like <laughs> Even better, take it. <laughs> so you don't like it, take it. Yeah, you come. Ah. You, your eyes are pop over. Like, why am I choking myself? <laughs> why won't you let me breathe, yeah. me? <laughs> or even worse, what if you get into her mind? Like, if you can a- access your girlfriend's needs and desires, right? And you go, I want to know what you want, and you get Dude. into her mind. It's just a river of black cock, <laughs> just black a cock. sleepy river of disembodied black cocks, nah. just shooting, <laughs> shooting sperm like a like a, like a psychedelic dream. You're riding you. a river of dark black cocks. It's not black cock. It's slippery. Pitbulls. Like it's a eels. river of pit bull cocks. Yeah, well, you like know, it, it's, good, it's going to allow for a lot of creativity in sort of our, our, our sexual consciousness. You know? yeah. Yeah. It's going to yeah. fragment into a it. multiplicity of dimensions that we mm. can't even imagine. It's the you know, and black psychedelicization of, isn't, of sexuality. Isn't it amazing, though, that, we, that, every, that drives most a lot of our technology oh, lately, yeah. but we still have to repress it societally. Mm-hmm. Sex? Well, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it's mostly... It's to be like looked on as embarrassing. The reproductive force it's the drive it's the wind in the sails of humanity it's dr- it drives yeah. everything well, like, you know, oh, what's actually have you guys though this is there's the actually like a book about this it's called the mating mind it was written by jeffrey miller and he says that the brain's extraordinary capacities for creativity for discourse for everything we do even build airplanes and iphones is ultimately our glorified version of the peacock feather it's our yeah. version of the of, bird uh-huh. song right. it's just totally. us charming to capture and manage the attention of those potential mates it's sure. a way of saying i'm poetic i built that skyscraper or I wrote you this. So is every joke every comedian's ever told. Everything. Just to try but to like, what's interesting yeah. is that the si- the side it. effect of this sexual yeah. creativity is also responsible for everything wonderful we've created. So it talks right. about the whole thing about sexuality ultimately as a creative act. It is because it's about reproduction. Yeah. But ultimately, on a cultural level and on a idea sex level, like the whole fucking thing about reproduction seems to be like right. We used know, to think we're getting lured by nature into making babies, but now we see we're being lured by nature into making. Spaceships. To create that's that's, what, that's yes. why the pill the changed so much yes. in society too. Yes. Well, that's why the singularity is a cosmic orgasm is the best way to describe what the, the singularity is. It's the universe waking up. It's up. In, it's us <laughs> impregnating the universe. That's with the great Marshall McLuhan quote. Do you know that quote? <laughs> 
Human was, beings are the sex organs of the machine world. Wow. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Marshall McLuhan nailed that shit in the 60s. Of the machine yeah. world, like the machines are controlling before us. Before computers. Yeah. yeah. He figured that out before computers. He was, was an that? actual genius. He also said, oh, first yeah. we build the tools, then they build us. Yep. Right. Think about that. Yeah. It's happening. That's true. Yeah. Of course it's happening. It's and again, through. much like Da Vinci, what a mind fuck it must have been to be operating like that back in the you 50s. You know what Da Vinci also did? He figured out how to draw curves, how to draw rounded edges in art. Like, oh, no one really? knew how to like make it. Like, so you, have, you can't just – it's like to go around and it like, loses – frame you know how really? like a path will go out to nobody to knew how to do that he was the one who i don't know if i remember from high school <laughs> maybe right yeah hey, whatever let's attribute it to him Some anyway those lines. he was a good guy he deserves it he put in his hours <laughs> good old I, I love da that stuff though because it's like well what aren't we doing now that oh we yeah that we'll, that we'll have like for, for granted we'll take for granted in a hundred years like, right what what do you mean they didn't, yeah. they didn't walk what? through walls why didn't they it's yeah. true everything worked around every time yeah. Why? What a strange world it must have been back then, man. When you could just die if you got sick. Most oh, yeah. people just died. They thought fifty oh, percent yeah. mortality a, rate yeah, for yeah. Child, children. Completely. And most people. And, you know, and and there's a lot of people though today that think that the, that things are getting worse in the world, which is another one of those like mistakes that people We're make. Living longer than mm. ever. We're living longer than ever. And there's a guy called Hans Rosling who has these amazing videos on the internet that show every nation in the world by every measurable indicator of quality of life yeah, has been measurable for the last hundred years. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, but it just shows that you know contrary to what the media in which it bleeds it leads feeds us because we have these overactive fear based amygdalas yeah. that only pay attention to what's wrong. We fail to see everything that's going right. You yeah, know? you know what's the most confusing they, shit? Really yeah. hot newscasters telling you horrible things. They're like that's I am not so confused. She's got big tits, and I'm scared You're out of like, my mind. Mm-hmm. My dick is hard, and I'm ready to run. Like everything is together. Yeah, yeah. so rude. You know, show me some ugly. For yeah, you're gonna tell me some bad news. Tell it like get my high school teachers and then switch them in when yes. they go. And this just in a puppy found uh, alive and healthy. Ah, and then the big tits come out, yeah. and ready to party. Yeah, but you could tell a lot about Bill O'Reilly. Like I promise you that Bill O'Reilly loves getting tied up. I can I can't say that for sure. So? No, that's for a sure. guess. Okay. Like whatever sure. legal stuff is, I guess. But I would imagine Bill O'Reilly because he's always like English. on his show. It's always these like. Beautiful yet dominating hot girls that surround him. Like he likes to be around right. these types of girls. Oh. He, yeah, he loves mm. it. You never see the the women around him on that show as Jeez. being like submissive to him. They're always kind of tough. Yeah, guaranteed they scrub him down. When you think yeah. about this, do you masturbate? Scrub him down. What? Do you O'Reilly? masturbate thinking about Bill O'Reilly all the time? Do you imagine ever that you were some really fucking stupid guy like Bill O'Reilly, a smart stupid guy? Like he's a Harvard stupid. graduate dummy. You know, he's one of those guys. I'm gonna go with Jesus. What does he say? His thing yeah. about Jesus? He's yeah. like, I'm, gonna I'm go putting with in the, with Jesus. I'm gonna go with the Jesus. Guy. Why does the tide come in? Why does it go out? Oh, that Dawkins interview and Dawkins, the the smile on Dawkins' face is yeah. the smile of the Lord of the Rings necromancer <laughs> as he's crushing just like a, a little imp or something. It was just what this was like, what did he say? the look on his face because he's like, Dawkins, oh. though, from my taste, gets a little too upset. What's that? Dawkins. Gets, gets a little Dawkins too upset. For my super genius like- atheist reasonable people talking to cuckoo heads yeah i like my uh my atheist to be a little bit more relaxed completely like i i think i think it was a great reaction <laughs> he's a little on the cunty just, side what did he say to him he he's shot a him little, a, he's dawkins has got he's a little on the cunty a side hammer smile o'reilly deserves a, a oh for sure don't get me wrong but i think that dawkins uh at his age is is such a statesman such a uh, well-respected, brilliant showing man. off too. Uh, maybe, perhaps, and maybe also he feels it's his duty to 
maybe mercif- you know, to mercenary, go after those guys because he is the intellectual voice for the atheists. You know, right. he's, yeah. he's super po- important in that way. I just wish he would chill. And you know, one of the things that I found out about him is what? no psychedelic drugs in his background. Wow, that's true. And he talked about how he maybe would be interested in taking LSD under a very clinical setting to explore the merits of the drug. Yeah. You know what that says to me? That's that's where the hole is. That's where the hole's in his game. That's why he comes off cunty. Well, it's interesting because another yeah. one of our atheist <laughs> for, intellectuals, for? Sam Harris, yes. has done psychedelics. In fact, he Allegedly. wrote an essay called Psychedelics and the Meaning of Life, yes. which was actually a very brilliant piece. And for you know, he's an interesting guy because he's an atheist, but he has some radical insights about like you know spiritual subjective experience and where well, he gets that lumped in with Islamophobes. You know, really? yeah, but I, yeah. I don't find that his writing comes across that way. A lot of people argue that it does. Uh, he's a brilliant man and a friend. Yeah. I really like yeah. the guy very yeah. much. Yeah, um, and I really enjoy talking to him because he's got such a s- fucking stupid smart mind. Yeah, his brain is just like firing like at brilliant. a million hertz. Oh yeah, but. The, the the thing about the uh, the label of Islamophobe is like the reality is all ideologies that force people into doing violent things are crazy and 100%. to try to pretend that they're not to make some people who aren't violent happy yeah I agree seems like intellectually dishonest and that's Completely where the guy has the he yeah. has courage it's of not that he's he an courage. Islamophobe not at all he if says Islam some... was Buddhism yeah okay think about Buddhism right. and by the way there is a radical new sect of Buddhism apparently that's like involved in like ethnic cleansing and some kind oh, of oh yeah shit. I was uh-huh. reading about it online I know what you're talking about oh they're fucking up Buddhism like it's the last safe place after being a Mormon. You know, go to <laughs> last yeah, safe cult. Angry. Yeah, but I mean, appa- apparently, but Malaysia humans humans are imperfect, man. I think it's something like that. I don't really remember where it was, but humans are so imperfect, you know. And the the, the, yeah. I, the idea that uh, there's anything wrong with saying that ancient ideologies that involve killing people if they don't believe <laughs> are fucking bad. Yeah. No, I mean, isn't true. it? Doesn't it say that somewhere? Yeah, we've of course. Freedom well, of you, a- you can't be tolerant of intolerance. I mean, yeah. that's the problem with moral relativism yeah. and with yes. this fear of like passing any kind of judgment because exactly. it's a different religion. So what if they beat each other to death? Yeah, or but they it's like, beat right. their like wives to do whatever death. you want, but don't let someone do something against someone's will to well, them. 100%. Yes. You can't tolerate intolerance. Yeah. Yes. And behavior like that obviously is intolerance. That's where the buck stops. Bill Maher has spoken yeah, about this a lot. Did you West know what's weird, way. though? Here's yeah. what's weird. Bill you said Bill Maher. Bill Maher gets labeled as an Islamophobe, which I find fascinating because progressives, for some reason, it's almost like they're bullied, so they want to make friends with the bully. Yeah. So there's this weird progressive thing where you don't criticize Islam. And if you do, you become an Islamophobe. Or if someone is criticizing other religions, that's the first thing that they say. Oh, well, you never criticize. You never criticize Islam. S- How come you never say shit about Islam? Yeah. So it becomes this weird sort Very of polar because they're so gangster. Yeah, you know they'll kill you if you draw pictures of Muhammad. Like right. they take shit to the next level. So the the natural inclination of the biggest pussies on earth, which are the liberals for the most part, let them do it. They not only let them do it, but support them. Yeah. You're Islamophobic. You know, Bill Maher and his Islamophobe. Guess what? You should be an you believe a phobe. <laughs> Whether it's UFOs or Bigfoot yes. or Chupacabras or Islam yeah. or exactly. Joseph yeah, Smith you're not, you're or Jesus cool. Christ. I think, I think, Christian phobe because you're against them raping little boys. If you blue. believe anything that you haven't seen yourself or watched on TV, you're an idiot. Well, this is the thing, Joe. This is the <laughs> yeah. thing. This is the thing you were talking about earlier when it, when it comes to the DMT experience or the psychedelic experience. And the question is, does it matter if this is real or not? And I think it. I think it matters more than anything if it's real. We yeah. must. We must understand 
reality from subjective reality. We must understand. If we can, we should try to understand it. For example, um, who was it? I can't remember. It was, it was talking. Only, only when it affects someone else. But I'm saying it doesn't matter because it's the same experience. The, oh, I, the, the experience is not a tangible, rock-solid, carbon-based, touch-a-table experience. The experience is this um, spiritual, with uh, which I fucking hate to use, but there's no other way to use yeah. it, disembodied consciousness. It's a disembodied consciousness experience. Why would that be the same as an experience that's real, that where you can touch paper? Here's why. It's, Here's why. Um, if you take, let's take, uh, I can't, where is it people go to get healed? Lords, I think is what it's called. I, I the, the water the where water. you go. Sinai you go to the, also like that. Yeah, that so, I, mean? I can't. I can't remember who wrote this. I think it might have been Sagan. Or no, it might have been Feynman. I can't remember which one talking about how it's important to understand if this phenomena is real or subjective. Because if, because if it's real, then that means that we should understand what are the properties of these waters? Is it something in the land? Is mm-hmm. it something in the air? Mm-hmm. Right. And if we can understand that, the then minerals. we can help the whole planet with this. In the same way, if the DMT or the psychedelic experience is taking us into a state that is non-subjective, that is external, is actually introducing us to entities or intelligences that somehow exist outside of our own Let's being, it. it's incredibly important to begin to communicate with them in a real way. If it but, isn't, it, but what, is, but what, is, what is real? That's where it becomes. When you're talking about an outside-of-the-body experience, uh, an experience that transcends the physical flesh, it could still be real but not be measurable. It could still be real, but you can't put it in a bucket and throw it on a scale. It's not measurable. It doesn't mean it's not yeah, real. Yeah, I think it's it could be a chemical we, gateway. Yeah, it could be something we don't have an instrument to measure. Yes. We don't have a conceptual yes. framework yes. understanding. But it's like, still real if it happens. That's what my point is. The idea of the imagination, you imagine something, yeah. the imagination is responsible for every fucking thing that a human has ever made. 100%. Sure. Clothes, uh, right. this microphone that I'm talking to, right. this computer right. that I'm on, right. this clothes that I'm wearing, right. the car that drove right. me here, it's all right. manifested out of the imagination. Imagination. So before, the imagination be- is fucking real as shit. 100%. And, and, and before you created those things, when you just imagined yeah. them, you were conjuring up something that didn't exist. Right. And the fact that we then brought it into existence proves, well, it at least existed as a potentiality. Yeah, it's it right. was allowed by the laws of physics. So then it makes you wonder, what are you tapping into when yes. you're having that kind of vision? Right. That disembodied yeah. you know, reconceptualization of reality. When, you know, when, when you live in a world where there is no airplanes and you think that you could build a machine that will fly over the ocean and get you to this other place like to imagine that to, to even fantasize about yes. it if we can utter it yeah. it means that it's possible Gene Roddenberry invented can, the iPad I mean, Did he really? Does what? anybody yeah, even know how things. cell phones work? Yeah, but like, can what did you explain they do to me how a cell phone works? How a cell phone works? Yeah. Look at stuff I don't know <laughs> they <laughs> Did like they that. swipe? Yeah They swiped? Yeah, they did it all Picard, wow. Picard Oh, Picard swipe. wasn't Roddenberry though, was it? I mean, yeah, I think he did that and then died Oh, poor guy Yeah well, he had a lot of success, yeah, he, he pretty, but he yeah. didn't get to see the future. He didn't get to see Deep Space Nine. You're right. Those motherfuckers. I just think that if something, if it's, I think we should try. <laughs> That's where be mourning Roddenberry's life because he never saw Deep Space Nine. <laughs> he never saw the new Battlestar Galactica, which fucking Ooh, he's lucky because so that good. that show kicked his show right in the dick. Oh yeah, I was gonna say it was Star bad. Trek is God, such shit compared to Battlestar Galactica. Oh my God. Really? I never oh, watched every problem you have. Every time you're thinking time. like, oh, they're doing this is lame. Yeah. Within two seasons, it'll pay off. And be like, yeah. oh, dude, wow. Battlestar Galactica on the Sci-Fi Channel was the greatest, amazing sci-fi show no ever I mean, and it doesn't get any props with it in a real way yeah real like situations say with game of thrones has whores you know and oh, how, by the way how hot is that robot bitch that the blonde one 
in one show. Oh, Battlestar Galactica? So, the oh, hottest. ridiculous. I take it. Burned holes in socks. Oh, the Cylons. <laughs> the Cylons become, they become yeah. hot chicks. That's part of the plot. Oh, cool. I don't want to, spoiler, spoiler alert. <gasps> if you haven't seen the DVD series, you got to get that get shit. Get it right now. Fan. How I, do you, have you know, time? I was incredulous. Brian Callen told me about that. I'm like, that's going to suck, dude. It's a remake of a, a show that was kind of hokey. This, this show is not hokey at all. Joe, in, in, in all seriousness, man, because you're like one of the busiest people I know. How do you find time to watch Battlestar Galacta and Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones? Like, well, I don't see I, right that. now I don't have hardly any time. Right but now, you I watched Battlestar. It was a long time ago. You know, when I was just doing like Fear Factor in the UFC, I had way more time. Right. Because back That's, in the days of Breaking Bad, it just started. Yeah, things right. were different back then. I'm I watched most of Breaking, Breaking Bad's Bad. while getting tattooed. Uh, I watched wow. like the first season uh, while getting my left arm done. <laughs> right arm, sorry. Held my right arm Yeah, I'm out trying too. to catch up on Breaking Bad. I fucking love it. it Great it's show. It's so good. You have to yeah. catch up. You know what's so better? talk about it with Homeland. Homeland's, Homeland's better. I heard that was better. I watched season one. It was, I'm up to season two. Stunningly good. Stunningly good show. What do you show. guys think of Walking Dead? It's awesome and sucks it's at the same time. It's yes. fuck sometimes. Yep. No shit. Every time they Ugh. resolve a conflict, it's over the way yes. they describe their emotions. Yeah. This guy. And now it's all done. The guy, the spoiler alert, spoiler alert, the bad guy, the number one bad guy in the third season. The you're like, come on, I'm dude. Governor. Like, you guys are teetering on the edge of fucking this whole thing up. You need to regroup. <laughs> Get together as a group of writers, do some mushrooms, and figure out where the fuck you're going Duncan, from here. you told me that, that they had this other writers, and then it got really emotional for a while, and then they came in and said, guys, everybody yeah. get the fuck out, and they hired like legit like action guys. Yeah. This is Here's the problem, I think. The problem is TV, not the writers. It's what TV tends to do to creativity. If you read the comics, the comics are some of the most bleak, horrific things that you've ever seen where yeah. it's like every few pages is a gut punch where you're like what the fuck it's not like this like emotional kind of sappy thing it's like you are existing in a world where you're go you are going to die probably yeah, by being right. eaten by the undead yeah that's what they always say in apocalypse they always so say wait, what, but wait, what, but wait but sorry what was so what are you <laughs> saying about that versus the world of tv like, I'm saying TV what happens because right? TV they is like, nice. oh, we can't make it too dark. We can't kill that character. Well, well, do you think, think because that, there's, an, they, there's an established business model and we have to keep some kind of stability yeah. in the system uh -huh. and yes. we don't want to stuff this up that to make you question too they much? Did, or this they didn't like homicide. Homicide didn't last because they didn't have any clear-cut victories for the good Can guys I, and bad guys. I'm going to do a spoiler. Is that why they call it no! programming? Let me do it. Not, not with a series, but with the comic books. Can I do a spoiler? How would you spoiler it? The comic books? Don't spoiler. You just spoiler alert. Say spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, but I, it's a spoiler to me. And you're I not going to read the comics. The comics. How dare you? How I dare you pretend I don't read? Oh, what are you going to get? No, them? listen to this bastard. <laughs> I, I had comics on my iPad once on a plane, <laughs> and you mercilessly made fun of me for the entire flight about the fact that I had comics on But you know why? You know why I kept going? Because you responded. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. You responded. I'm like, oh, I got him dancing. <laughs> You gotta play dead in front of a bear, man. You can't fight back. Oh, now I'm a bear. I always thought of myself as a twink. I guess my time has come. Yeah, you were you were fucking dancing. Wow. Every the road. You can't get upset. The oh, road dude. is a fucking. You might as well just get punched in the face. Just get uh, kicked in the stomach instead read of reading that, that I had book. to regroup for about a year. Yes. Also, also, uh, uh, this is what movie sent me into depression more than anything. Which one? Revolutionary Road. 
What's that? That's brilliant, dude. Oh my that god! That was uh, with DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, and it was about it's about a married couple, and it flashes back oh. and forth between the banality of day to day life, like what happens after you get what you want, versus the hopes and dreams of when they first met. Oh. And then god, they have this, this, it made me. Feel oh, it was oh. Not about it. Well, it just it just didn't it didn't while. read about I'm the bushes. You know what it did? So it made you it made you it made you collide against against frustrated ambitions and a life of Ugh. having to settle and settle and settle and settle and to become Ugh. a stale facsimile of what you it once were. It find your dreams it's, after that. It's I am not yeah. well, I'm The not sequence is when it. they get excited about Paris is the best part of the yeah. movie. You're just like, oh yes, they're going to move to Paris. It's going to be yeah. amazing. It's going to yeah. be like a Richard Linklater film. Uh, they're going to be in Europe. You know, cool. It's going to be so good. And then uh, it doesn't happen. I know. I was like, yes, it's going to be awesome for yes. you. Yes. yes. By yes. the way, really can I want to give a report. I'm going to report on what you've been looking at on the laptop during this thing. Okay. <laughs> it's now gone from a series of videos of like weird vintage cars, Porsches. At one point, he was just looking at what do you call it, an accelerometer. You're just looking at like a car accelerate, like the speedometer accelerating. That was like t- five minutes. You're just Still looking at a car, a car speeding, and now you're looking at. Pool. Well, I don't know if you know this, Duncan, but I'm crazy. And, uh, and, uh, what are you looking at? Is he looking at pool cues? Yeah. He's Sometimes. looking at people oh. playing pool. I have an, an ADD that you couldn't possibly understand. And I There's need, no rhyme or rhythm to it. I need 13 different things going on in my it's life. It's like the at drums the same on time. war pigs. I have, it makes I, no sense. I just you, I am what I am, son. Do you want to see it, a two minute a two minute trippy video? Yes. I did a new video that says we are already cyborgs. It's kind of about the stuff from the conference we were just at. Yeah, but okay, but, but no but gay but stuff, right? Let's pass that joint around before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no gay I stuff either, right? Oh, no, no, no. Well, I'll get you one. I'll get you your own. How about that? Oh, thank you. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, we, we live, live in, in a world future. of abundance. <laughs> Look at that, Duncan. This is We're yours. the new Romans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Logan Studios is the new Roman Empire for yeah. weed. I don't give a fuck, dude. We're we're so gangster. Yeah, we're like vomitoriums. Do you ever go to one of those? A vomitorium? They yeah. exist? Well, no, what? they just show the old ones in like in, in Israel. Oh, Jerusalem. no. They show so you, you where you have to go lie. to vomit and they come right back to oh, party. Really? And they left out the part about fucking kids, but... Vomit. Wait, I don't. What's a vomitorium? You just never, eat and party and drink. Just keep going and going and you're like, oh, I can't eat anymore. You know that moment where you like can't eat and anymore. Then, and then vomit. You go to this room where you just get to vomit. And what do you mean you, you get come to, back? You you get play to with each It's like vomit. a urinal, but instead of peeing, you just vomit out as much as you can of the booze and the food, and you go back to drinking and eating. Yeah, the Romans supposedly did it with feathers. That was the, the you know. Really? Oh, but, but, you never heard this before? The vomitorium. Kind of makes sense. <laughs> Romans wanted to party so hard that they were willing to just eat as much as they wanted to oh, and then throw up so they could eat again. The way Itzkoff thinks of living forever, they thought of partying forever. Right. Well, it's also because wow. mortality was at such a high level back then ever present infant mortality was 50 yeah, percent. people yeah. were dying left and right in sword fights i mean it was that was some crazy ass yeah. times yeah 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 but how much different is that how much different oh, emergency <laughs> your wife stood up with free Stop t-shirts in. i love oh, it that's my shirt oh is it <laughs> yeah it's a big deal it's a higherprimate.com shirt available at higherprimate.com they're also great for mopping up spills. <laughs> yeah, you can mop up booze with them. They wash right off. Those salt crystals are great, man. I got to get some of those. They're cool if you uh, want to bang yoga teachers. What? Like if salt you had a, yeah, nobody if you had a wants house, to do that. If you had a house and it was totally set up, like uh, like you were like, Satnam, come into my presence. Um, you had an ohm on the wall and like these are beside your bed. Dude, you're in. And all you need is like some quote from some 
really obscure Indian guy on the wall. Like, oh, he's my guru. I just have a video of Duncan playing behind the bed. Oh, Duncan gets to start singing <laughs> my shit. Apartment. Duncan, oh, it's your Duncan. apartment. <laughs> I'm describing his apartment to a T. So I'm trying to fuck with him. You're like, dude, why are you telling people about my stuff? <laughs> if you, if <laughs> Duncan could actually close. sing them songs, you could sing. You you have chants in your head, right? Oh, I have chants in yeah, Give me one. Give me one. Give me one. You know one. the one. The one I'm chanting right now is uh, a is a great chant because. It sounds exactly the way uh, nitrous oxide sounds when you do nitrous oxide. If you chant it long enough, it's the sound of um, when you get super high. And so the chant is R-A-M, ROM. It's simple. So the chant just goes... Rom 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 rom. Oh, that is when you do whippets. Rom 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 rom. You hear that when you do whippets? When you do whippets, yeah, you're hearing the ohm. It's what you're hearing is your brain cells committing suicide by slamming each other at high speeds. You're hearing your brain cells dance. You're hearing your brain cells tap dance and joy. Give you like brain damage for just a short amount of time. Nitrous oxide. I'm pretty sure nitrous oxide. What dentists give you? It's the same thing dentists give you. I'm pretty sure going to the dentist is not good for you. You're right about that. Yeah. But that's a simple, great chant that you could do no, at any time. Rom, rom, rom. Yeah, but what is rom, that chant rom, that you rom, do, rom, that crazy rom. one that you have memorized? That's what I'm talking about. You know that the, whole. The, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You haven't memorized now. That's the chant. That goes. Shit. Do you still do that thing when you put the bass and you use that in? I lost that. What? So wait, what is that? That's amazing. That's a chant that you say at the beginning. Uh, you would, you might pray if you were into bhakti yoga. You would pray that into. You would pray that prior to reading the Bhagavad Gita, and that's a prayer wow. that is um, basically uh, you are. Um, the the first verse is very beautiful. It goes, uh, "I was born into the darkest of ignorance." But my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge, wow. which I love that a lot. But it's like basically the idea is like um, when you come into contact with truth, which is what any of the sutras are. By the way, the, I love the Bhagavad Gita, but I just started reading the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, yeah. which are fucking great, man. They blow the Bhagavad Gita out of the water as far as I'm concerned. You don't concerned. find it pretentious at all? What? The, the- – what about the second thing you said? I forget it. The, Sorry, I was <laughs> which which part? I don't know. Yes, I I I, 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 was, I, was I think it can seem pretentious, and I think that people can use it as a tail feather, as you mentioned. And I will ad- fully admit that I've used it as a tail feather uh, before. But I think in the same way that you were talking about how like reproduction kind of lures you into creating robots or advances society, uh-huh. in the same way, I think people get drawn to philosophy. For reasons that are just like, well, this will make me seem smart. Yeah. And I don't then think, you, yeah, I don't on think the one hand, wrong also, with tail feathers, really yeah, don't. You yeah, know? and I think that if people worry natural. about it in other people. But what's crazy about this stuff is that once you 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 get into it for weird reasons, but once you get into it, then Whatever, it starts it. it starts deconstructing you. It starts breaking you yeah. apart because it's going to this very micro level of yeah. the way that we tend to work subjectively, which is what. Uh, well, but that subjective experience is the only thing that ultimately matters, you know, in terms of your interior. World, right? I mean, you, you talk about truth 
I think it was Werner Herzog, the documentary filmmaker, that was talking about the difference between ecstatic truth and factual truth. And he said, you know, if facts were the most interesting thing in the world, then the phone book would be the world's most interesting book. Right. But obviously there's this other experience that we still call truth. Maybe it's italicized or whatever it is, but it's that ecstatic truth. It's subjective truth. It's the truth of the poet. You know, a journalist may be more accurate in describing the facts of an event, right. but a poet may nevertheless reveal – deep and yeah. found the way to overcome the Spurs. Whatever it is, the poet reveals deeper truths that find no place in the other's literal grit. Well, this is the, Werner Herzog is an interesting cat. Very interesting. Oh, I fucking love him, man. I just saw him in Spring Break. Wait, no, not Spring Breakers. What did I see when he played a villain? No, Jack Reacher. Yeah, yeah he was so good. weird. Yeah, he was great, but it wasn't it weird? Mm-hmm. Milky him I, acting? He's got that milky eye. He's a good actor. He's a great actor, which yeah. is weird. Yeah, I love Werner Herzog, man. He's the shit. I would really love to get him off the record to give his opinion on Grizzly Man Grizzly, and whether yes. or not he knew that he was making a comedy. He knew. He know, No, he Werner Herzog knows he's making comedy because in all of his documentaries is an element of comedy. He's and mocking the person that he is smart enough to know what the person watching his movie is thinking. And he knows uh. when he when he does this stuff, he knows that we are thinking this has got to be a comedy. Werner Herzog's uh, hilarious. If, yeah. that, if that's the case, then and cynical. in that sense, then that might be, Grizzly Man might be the greatest creation in all of comedy. Yeah, real yeah, subtle. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful comedy. So subtle and so goddamn brilliantly crazy. It's so it's wonderful it like celebrates people and all our wackiness and there's like a certain comfort in watching a, a film about a guy who's completely off the rails that's living with grizzlies yeah we, like it as we you know we might not like it but it makes us feel better about ourselves man when I mean, we got a guy who's way more fucked up than us it makes us feel better about ourselves. Did, but did you find him also kind of fascinating? Cause I, I, Fuck yeah. Yeah, I it's mean, I thought it was actually okay. fascinating because that's the thing about when you watch a movie. I mean, part of what happens when you're watching a movie is the same thing. They've they done REM on people when they – they've done um, FMRI scans on people when they watch movies and they say it's very similar to when you're dreaming. Uh-huh. So you know, the, the self, the kind of the self-awareness disappears. And yeah. so that's why you're able to like become the character that you identify with. They call it right. the diectic shift when you assume the viewpoint of one of the characters. Yeah. So you watch a film like Grizzly Man. It allows you to actually enter the consciousness perhaps of this person yeah and that's what the whole thing about cinema allows us to do that's why a film like that might be fascinating say that like, name for the shift again the deictic shift see yeah. i love that that's term awesome. man because yeah. enlightenment is yeah. the ultimate shift which is where you do the deictic shift you assume the viewpoint of the whole to the whole that's yes. the idea is like we are always yes. on the precipice yes. of this final shift yes. and we're terrified to make that shift because we want to be an individual and the idea of going backwards that one time yeah. of taking off the neurological yeah. vr goggles yeah. the sociological vr goggles the content- Census trance, yes. the cultural operating system. We the don't want to do it. We don't want well, to do terrifying. it. It's terrifying. It's easier to become another person in a movie than it is to become the whole. Yes. Just you, know, you explaining least, uh, it makes my heart race. <laughs> it's terrifying. No, but, but it's I would the reason I did it is because I love movies a lot. Since I was a little kid, I would watch movies. And one of the coolest experiences is that you, you became Indiana Jones. Like for two hours, yeah, you yeah. were True. Indiana Jones. So, you were finding the, so what is happening? Like how come sometimes you become the movie and other times you don't? And when you don't, like life sucks, right? Right. Like, oh, I'm watching this movie. It's not right. sucking me in, right? right. So yeah. I wanted to study yeah, that. Yeah. And they say that, you know, movie watching and dreaming are strangely familiar existence. Ex- uh, fa- 
familiar experiences, similar experiences, but apparently it has to do with your self-awareness, the lateral prefrontal cortex. The same thing that turns off when people are in flow states, when rappers are freestyling. Right. The self-editing, the cool. self-consciousness right. disappears. And we love transcending our self-consciousness because it's the moment in which we see that there's an infinite amount of subjective experiences that we can have. Wow. We can be Indiana Jones. We can be, you know, anybody we want. You know, we're not bound by our individuated state, which as amazing as it is, is still limited. Is that lateral prefrontal frontal cortex that you're talking about? Is that the neocortex, or is that bef- in front? Like, is the neocortex? I have no idea. It's the, it says lateral, so I imagine it's on this side. Oh yeah, yeah. But this is the reason I, I saw this is because they was talking about it in the article about movies and you blurring, with, blending into the films. But also another article was talking about flow states and when they did fMRI scans on freestyle rappers yes. versus memorized, and it was like the same thing. But this is a terrifying flow. thing for people. The flow state that you're talking about, if you have identified yourself with a level of suffering or with a level of control or with a level of always being the thing driving the car, then this flow state you're talking about is a form of death. You don't want to be there. A lot of people, the people who are uh, suck in bed are the ones who are uh, the most wanting to be in control. The people who have the most awful marijuana trips are always the control freaks yeah. it's like oh, they yeah. they could, but think about it the reason that movies are so good at it is because first they sit you in a really comfortable place it's a comfortable seat you're in the dark the phones are off they make sure that you are comfortable so that, that they can ease you in and when the movie starts you're still yourself you're still fidgeting you might have to pee but as soon as it starts they guide you with music yeah. the in set it. and setting inform the direction that your consciousness is going and before you know it you're on a ride like the roller coaster has started and all of a sudden you forget yourself yeah, you like, are the story. Just like mushroom trips. And then at the end of the day, it becomes the most, the best experience ever, right? Because when the great movie's done, you're like, wow, that was awesome. I don't know where I went, right. but I loved it, right? right? But when wow. the movie sucks, it was a really unpleasant experience. That, so we right. love losing ourselves, but it's also what we, we're, we're most terrified of. So this yeah, is the idea that when we die, the exact same experience happens where you're like, holy shit, Maybe. that was fucking amazing. <laughs> I thought I was a human. <laughs> wow. Well, maybe. no kidding, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe it's just an extended period of dreaming. Yeah, yeah. you know the, the, the maybe it's a movie within a movie within a movie. Hours becomes a yes. dream state of eighty years. That's why the movie Inception is so brilliant. Yeah, when they go like into it. limbo, limbo was eighty years. Yeah. Our yeah. entire yeah. life yes. could be one of those limbos that we sure. forgot that we decided to go to sleep. Yeah. We could see, be the dream yeah. with the Inception dream. didn't really lock me in. I don't know why. Did you? Just, you should have been more high when you saw it. I don't know. Maybe. No, I would have understood. I think Inception was. I think Inception was a was a little like what. It was a little too refined. It was a little. You had to follow it a little too closely. It's a little because too much. He, like he a, was explaining like it a to Rubik's you. cube like or something. Mm, I'm sure it. you like that. I'm sure your mind likes that. I like. You know, it wasn't like the Matrix, which is sort of a uh, more of a visceral thing. Oh. But it's still they're both pointing to the same idea, which is that whatever your experience of reality is may in fact just be a, a dream well, state or some kind of hallucination or an aspect of a simulation that you've become absorbed. You into. know, it's yeah. interesting you mentioned that because i actually brought something to read to you guys about the matrix so i'm gonna load it up oh cool and it's exactly about this conversation we're having it's almost like i thought at some point we're gonna start talking about blending into movies and breaking the ego and that whole thing whatever happened to that lady that was suing the person that uh 
the, the, the brothers the that made the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that whole I thing? I thought she lost. Mm-hmm. Did oh, she really? Or there was a settlement, maybe. Are you I sure? There was a settlement. Yeah, I think I remember that. Mm, settlement. Yeah, that never means anything, does it? Right? Sometimes it means they it's want you off their loss. back. Oh, right. You're just bored of dealing with it. Yeah, sometimes it's that. It doesn't mean like you're going to win. How about we just stop this right now? And get yeah, it sometimes it's that, too. It's different things. You never, settlement never, you know, maybe yeah. she had an original idea and they took they took it to a different place, but maybe they can trace the origins yeah, of that idea. So get the fuck out of here. Bitch. Who is this? Um, there was a woman who sued the brothers the for brothers. making the Matrix. Former Wachowski okay. brothers, now Matrix. the Wachowski siblings. Really? Yeah. I feel like a name Gloria Larson. Name. Okay, Gloria Larson? Maybe. You're just going from memory on that? That'd be great if you got it right. Why well, won't the story about Sophia Stewart and her own oh, Matrix? No, that's not it. Matrix? Let's hear it. Okay. okay. Let me read you this while you search for that. So this is an article by Eric Davis, and he's talking about Descartes and the Matrix and the, fa- and the false reality genre of filmmaking. So films that reveal a crack in your reality, the possibility of a hidden oh, door, cool. of a rabbit hole to fall through. And so he says, we, you know the scene in the Matrix when he's in the hotel room and they're about to give him the pill? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's the craziest part of the movie. So he says, we too are in that decrepit hotel room with Lawrence Fishburne's Morpheus, who is really speaking to us when he addresses Neo, the ever-wooden Keanu Reeves. You know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it yeah, your whole life. Right. We were in- you felt that something is wrong with the world. You don't know what, but it's like there, like a splinter in your mind. And establishing that itch, which I suppose most of us share, however we interpret it, Morpheus offers to scratch. He will give Neo nothing more than knowledge of of the truth, i.e. no solutions to the problems posed by said truth. And then he goes on and he says, like a serpent in the Garden of Eden, which, uh, which, okay, so hold wow. on. Morpheus offers Neo a pill, like a, like a, like the serpent in the Garden of Eden, Good Morpheus offers Neo a pill. Neo, of course, swallows the molecular package, which is really the most heroic act in the film. For Neo must then pass his own Cartesian passage through madness, melting into the mirror that alludes not only to Lewis Carroll, but to the mystic psychotic collapse and disappearance of the externalized ego that stabilizes our inner void. Right. As Neo phases out of the matrix, he opens up however briefly the fractured bardo that is the secret thrill of every fan of the false reality genre the moment when baseline reality dissolves but no new reality has yet emerged in its pixelating wow. wake cool that's great man that's i mean so the fact that tricky. eric davis reads this deeply wow. into the film that's why you yeah. guys got to chat with yeah. him yeah so let's listen to Stuart, the story the case she it, it was dismissed when she failed to show up for a preliminary hearing of her case oh so that can mean one of two things either it means she's crazy or they paid her to not show up no she would just like no why not they made a settlement with her off the record yeah, I but think. they don't just not show up. And well, they say, like, then maybe they scare the shit out of her and told her not to show up. Something happened. She didn't show up. I and think they, they just scared let her, the Walensky. I mean, maybe she had no case at all and she was just crazy. Remember the guys and she who realized made she was, crazy. was your lawyer? Oh, that's right. The yeah, angel of God. Crazy. The yeah. angel of God, yeah. I was his lawyer. He, I, had to go, I had to get a lawyer to go to court. Yeah. I'm How like, long were you in court with that thing? About a year. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah. How many times did you have to go to court? To keep responding. To keep responding to them. He sued me for being a false prophet. Hmm. And no, no, I'm sorry. He wanted to. He wanted to. Got a point. Yeah, and it, and uh, uh, being a bad lawyer, um, and uh, the Better Business Bureau came after me. So you lost the case. No, this girl Lisa helped me <laughs> fight the case. And had to show her. He was suing me for um, all the riches in the world. <laughs> and then when, they, when the, she had to read it to the judge like this guy's crazy she's like what do you mean because read that and she did the judge read it and he was like oh and so they made him rewrite it and he goes okay that 800 billion dollars 
was what he's doing before. Uh, well, All the riches in the world. Mm-hmm. That leaves a lot on the table. It's a lot of room for negotiation. I mean, assuming that you're going to continue to be more successful. He did year. promise me, though, that um, <laughs> when he did eventually become King of Kings, he could uh, repay me with um, untold riches. King of Kings is a big, big title for... Uh, a guy living in a homeless shelter. I represent him pro bono. I love this guy's like levels of riches. He has all the riches in the world, but that's exceeded by untold riches. No, uh, all the riches in the world is more. Well, then if untold you pay riches. him all the riches in the world and he pays you back in untold riches, you're getting ripped off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a bad... That's what he's suing silly. me for. I, I denied him. Then why he's not really paying you back. He's giving you a little bit of what you yeah, gave him. He's giving him. me some for helping him. Yeah. That's, that's about right. You're just saying riches are confined to the world, Ari. I disagree. Oh... Untold riches could be all the riches in oh, the universe. You're really oh. that you should have had me as an attorney. Oh, yeah. maybe I I'll hire from... you to represent me. That would have <laughs> been amazing. It was fake attorney Duncan represents fake attorney Ari <laughs> being sued by crazy guy. He kept trying to use bigger lingo because I would sometimes. Mm. So he'd be like, "Where to for?" Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the uh, plaintiffs who are attacking me. He he also wanted to sue San Diego State Hospital, and I think they really fucked him up. I think he got in the psych ward there. Oh, <laughs> they really? They really fucked him up. Yeah, I think. Really? He wanted to sue that guy, Dean. Dean. Galber. No, who what? talked to the dead? Uh, Dean. Dean hmm. something. Dean Edwards. Dean Edwards. John Edwards? John Edwards, yeah. John Edwards. Dean Edwards is a comic. Because it was just like the guy who ran for president. Dean Edwards. Uh, yeah, and I remember saying, like, well, why would he said he wanted to sue him for being a false prophet. And mm. I was like, why would you get that money? Hey, wait, can I change wow. the subject? You're, for, you're talking uh, logic I, with a crazy guy. Let me change the subject for two seconds. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about, just because we were talking about riches outside the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This meteor harvesting thing, do you know about this? <sighs> Planetary resources. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. Fucking Peter Diamandis is behind it, dude. They just launched a million dollar Kickstarter project to create a space telescope for public use because, you know, they're launching a whole fleet of tiny space telescopes to scan for near Earth asteroids that we can then land on and leverage for resources. Pull right. back and mine. A typical one has like a trillion dollars worth of plutonium, really? for example. Oh, my God. Because that's why they're doing it. They're not doing this. When, they, when they're talking about how NASA wants to grab an asteroid or a meteor. It's a meteor or an asteroid? Asteroid. Asteroid. When they say this, you know they're not doing this. You know it's not just scientific reasons. They don't just want to. Oh, no, no. It's, they want to harvest it's this shit. Riches beyond all previous limits. But it's right. okay because that's just an Untold incentive. You know? Yeah, the, if they can yeah. really pull it off, and that, that yeah. helps that's everybody. That's why they would go do that. That's yeah. why there's technology. So that's they're saying there's plutonium to... in those things. So that somebody can make money and then. Yeah. How do they know there's laid. plutonium in those things? Oh, they know. Oh, they, they know They know the chemical composition. Just like they can make estimations about what Jupiter's composed of. I mean, that's what's kind of insane about humanity. That's we can exciting. actually use our yeah. brains to extend our yeah, sensory apparatus the beyond Earth. What's the mechanism of uh, determining the contents of an asteroid? But you know, no you know they knew the last few uh, elements no of the idea. periodic table, they knew how much they'd weigh. That's insane. They knew where they'd fit in in that chart. They're like, we haven't discovered them, but so we know exactly what they'll they, weigh they, and they, how the, their the mass The ability would. of the human brain to acquire such knowledge about the building blocks of the physical world, what does that say about well, like us as like this unique... See, you keep lumping me into that group, and that shit's preposterous. <laughs> well, I don't even, those aren't even related to me. Those are totally different kind of animals, those people that are figuring that out. But I don't think they are, because the fact that we can have this conversation means we can acknowledge some kind of understanding of what we're talking... I mean, I think that... Childlike. It's a childlike understanding. Comparison to the dude who figured sure. out what a quark gluon plasma <laughs> yeah, particle but, but would weigh he, and then made it. 
right. made something that if you get a yeah. sugar cube of it, it'll yeah. fall straight through the center of the earth because it'll weigh like 400 billion pounds or something fucking you, you, crazy. So you think it's That's just a different exactly kind of animal? You think it's just a different kind of brain? You think like if we went and sat with him for a couple maybe. weeks, he could explain it to us? Like, I mean, yeah, just, I think maybe. Just think in normal terms. You know, I think people people are remarkably adaptable and yeah. people go down certain paths, yeah. I think, in life. Yeah. And if you meet a guy who's like been a ballet dancer since he was four years old and yeah. now he's 25 yeah. and doing these twirls in the air and shit, you would look at that guy moving and I don't know why I chose ballet dance. <laughs> so let's yeah. just go with it. But you would look at that guy moving there going like that guy is so far down the path I could yeah. never possibly catch up to oh, him. Right. But I think you could do ballet. Yeah. Human being have a human beings have a capacity for continuing down a path in a very far way to the point yeah. where they're almost unrecognizable from when they first started. Yeah, an insane so, specialization, like yes. a malleability, like an ability. Well, I know to that transform. from martial arts, especially. It's amazing how you can see that about, let's say, a ballet artist, yeah, dancing yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I can never do that. Yeah. And you could easily say, "There's no way I could," yeah. but everybody thinks they could do stand up. Isn't that funny? With no training at all. Like, Isn't it funny that they don't, they don't really know what we're doing? It's no. like they think that we're just telling jokes, and we absolutely are, but it's all about where to put them, how to say them, oh, how to structure them. I think they're it's, modern philosophers. They're stand-up philosophers. It's also hypnotism. Because yeah. there's some weird thing that you're doing where you can yeah. get them into Pausing, the way you're thinking. Your voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get them tuned into the way you're thinking by giving them shit that they want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And if you can find that rhythm like where it's, it's a thought that they would entertain um, themselves, then they'll allow your yeah. mind to work for them. Because like, yeah. oh, this guy's got a very aware mind. I'm, I'm curious to hear what, how he looks at things. Yeah. I'll yeah. allow him to think for yeah. me. It's the same thing presidents well, but, do. Yeah. That's and how and, and in those moments, those people are plugging scale. into you the same way when you watch a movie you become the character in the movie those people are plugging into you yeah. and in that moment when you enter that flow state do you feel like a conductor in an orchestra like Absolutely. literally like you move sort of yeah, not even that in an orchestra. that's exactly how it is yeah. yeah I mean it's like you guys are in a flow you become in sync something right. there is interesting that's happening and I don't know if we can even measure that like when people sync up like that yeah. whether it's lots of people to yeah. one person or lots of people to lots of other people like, yeah you don't have a scale that? for that you don't have a scale uh, yeah. for right. that feeling sure I think you can study the way that uh, metallic particles react to magnets I think you can sh- yes. look at the way sound waves affect water and we use those metaphors we say he's so magnetic when he's on Mm -hmm. stage I mean we use those metaphors to explain something for which we have no instrumentation or way to quantify or measure yet we employ those capacities we use those capacities we pay people millions of dollars because they're charismatic well how do you measure charisma is there a a little machine that measures it like radiation like he has 97 kelvins of charisma so we employ these things but we can't measure them they exist but we can't measure them you can focus attention what what you're doing and attention is a specific pattern of neural activity so the idea is that you have this group of people and you're transforming their neural activity to match some intention that you have whether it's because you want them to listen to your speech about hotels don't you wish you you could see that like don't you wish there was like a special light you could use that could show that energy transferring we could see the cell phone signals going through us right now like if I could see how you're my attention but go and watch a group of people dancing who are all on ecstasy and what you or look at the way fishes fish move around a coral reef yes or look at you yes. know you see this exact same undulating insane like yeah. a hidden yeah. order to things. Well, there's an essay dude called Virtual Reality and Hallucination, written by Diana Slattery on Reality Sandwich, and it's all about that. She mm. says the capture and management of attention is a vital component, a state of immersion, a state of absorption is a vital component in any kind of interpersonal transformation or education or influence of any capacity or growth. In other words, you need to be completely sucked into whatever it is that's going to really like transform you and get inside of you. Yeah. So it all has to do with the capture and manage- management of attention. And what are psychedelics if not 
attention technologies, yeah. rhetoric technologies. What is language if not a technology to capture attention and shift well, awareness? In that sense, that any, any discipline is a psychedelic, a psychedelic experience in the long haul. Yes. Because disciplines transform you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they focus attention. Yeah. They Tarantino focus said, attention. Pulp Fiction, he just wanted people to put the laundry away while they were watching. Just not fold shit. Just look at it. That's all he wanted. <laughs> what? So you get lost in it. Oh, so you exactly. get people on your Focusing side. Focusing attention yeah. is the key to everything. If we had the power to right. decide at any given moment to focus our attention on the best possible thing that we could focus our attention on, yeah. our life would be like a living, breathing sculpture. It would be like a dream, like constantly. Paul Mooney's the best. Or it would just be you attention. jerking off in the new yeah. socks. But think about how how <laughs> sounds like a dream. But world. think think about how uh, profitable <laughs> being able to grab people's attention is. And oh my god, it's, it's everything. It's like it's everything. It's, everything. it's the yeah. currency of this new age. Attention. Yeah. Attention is the new limited resource. Yeah. Attention is the new oil. In a world of social media, right. of infinite media, infinite channels, who succeeds but the one who is most physically able to capture and manage attention and that's where like you see the the, the phenomenon of something like this you guys i'm always talking about like you know it's been a year and people are still saying come back and have this conversation i mean that just means that you've tapped into a nerve that millions are feeling and when you consider that ten thousand hours of content is uploaded to youtube every hour that you still have millions of people that come and join this conversation shows like the power of that like it's like a, it's like you know, shining a little bit brighter than the other ten thousand hours. But it's I mean? a funny thing when the, the attention ten- doesn't tune in. Like when you see Obama in no. Germany recently, did you see that shit? No. The speech he gave. Ooh, it's creepy. That's like Alex Jones level creepy. Why? His speech in Germany. Well, no, not aside from the fact that there was only like the first time he came there, it was packed. Hordes of people yeah. came to see him. This time it was sparse and empty. But what was really creepy was his echoey message about how we have to give up freedom for security. And you hear this coming out. It's like Obama was uh, saying it. Oh yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh yeah, he was saying he was fucking sticking up for the goddamn yeah. NSA because yeah. this leak. Can you is, pull up that, Jamie? See if you can find that. It might we'll be a long speech, that. but it well, was let's spooky. To some of it. At He's least. out there baking in the heat, sweating, and giving this this proclamation of how there's a balance between security. Just talking about the importance of the security state and by the way you know there's a logical part of my brain that considers the what they're saying i I have to allow myself to give consideration to what they're saying me too you know what i mean but there's another because well especially because i'm thinking well if this allows them to stop somebody from blowing themselves up in the subway then cool you know what a pickle you're in what a pickle you're in if 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 you do if you know that if i have this much uh width when it comes breadth when it comes to monitoring then i can stop people from getting blown up what happened at the boston marathon i can stop a kid from getting turned into fucking hamburger meat right right so now you're basically saying, well, what do we do here? Are we going to just – do we just say, okay, well, I guess the cost of people's privacy is that from time to time children get evaporated? Or do you say, no, we've got to grow up to the fact that – We're an interconnected system. We're yeah. all cells in a bigger organism. It's tough. And, and we you don't know, want this, to give up our security you know, as the, a people. The, 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 I, don't, I don't think the price we, is worth it. We can't trust the government. Also, not only that, I think we're looking at the thing incorrectly. I don't. I, I think the th- the thing they should be concentrating on is the mental health issue. Yeah. What 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 makes thing. people willing to lash out and kill large numbers? That's another of people? thing. Instead of instead of so what instead do you think? Where do you think, defense, you think that comes you can, from? Find, well, that, you that, can invest in, in research for mental health, yeah. and you would solve a lot more murders. We know when babies are born. Potentially, okay. I agree we with know that. we have uh, we have birth certificates. We know where people are living. People yeah. have social security numbers. Why can't we find out whether or not people are doing really bad? Well, Why can't we find out whether or not people are losing their minds? Well, it's hard when they're in Yemen. 
No, I mean, even in America, we can't find out. Yeah. I think we, we do not have an accurate account of our citizens, yet we could pretend that we're some sort of a community. Yeah. But we don't have an accurate account of the health of our citizens. When Zach told me they weren't going to cover my mental health anymore because oh. of some type of Obamacare that went into action. Oh, they said, fuck. you can't carry everybody, you can't carry them all. So only plan one gets it, plan two gets none. Oh, my God. And I was like, I hope another Jared Loeffner goes into your building and shoots oh every one of you. Did you say that? Yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. What are they going to pull every – right after that, they're going to pull everyone's mental health insurance? Yeah, because that crazy guy lost his health. Well, that's what you're turning us all. One of us is going to do that. Yeah. But let me ask you something. Do you think that when a so person stupid. implodes like that, like if we're talking about what happened to that person on like a human scale, we might say, okay, well, maybe you know, years of disaffection and mm-hmm. radicalization and propaganda and mediation from the wrong influences and his focused attention on the wrong place. It could until be just mental health as well. Yeah. Could but be a you, real but, issue, yeah, medical issue, right? But let's so let's zoom out for a little bit and think of that person as a cell in the bigger organism. Is right. he like a cancer cell? Is he the equivalent <clears> of like when a cancer cell starts to like replicate without concern yeah. for the rest of the cells in the system? I mean. Is That's that a fair what it way is? Is it a, is it a broken thing? Yeah. Could it be fixed? Like just like we want to make advances in medicine to detect cancer cells before they, you know, metastasize. Yeah. Can we find human beings before they metastasize into into that? Yeah, I think that? it's not an either or. I think sometimes yes, sometimes no. Right. I think sometimes it's probably a medical issue. And yeah. What about research the, in terms of being able to, to find it? To, yeah. To find the, 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 the genetic markers that mm-hmm. predispose you to that. And yeah. there's but a lot of controversy. We got to watch that. these people. Yeah. But isn't culture ultimately the technology that does that? Isn't sure. culture like when we call TV, we call it programming. Mm-hmm. It programs you. It teaches you about right and wrong and what's legal and what's not legal. And if you're part of the pop culture, you know, mm-hmm. you're programmed into a kind of mainstream consensus trance that basically says we're moderately free as long as you don't physically hurt me and I don't physically hurt you. And, you yeah. know, you don't do certain things. But, you know, we have these kind of frameworks to impose some kind of an order so that the system can some kind of can have some kind of function. So it just makes you wonder, you know, like especially with the privacy things, you know, are they really like spying on me or is it more like I'm a billion lines of code mixed with a billion other lines of code? It's just a bunch of algorithms. Well, here's what's gonna, here's what's and then they just detect when there's like weird behavior associated with violence that they would zoom in or on they will use it they will use anything you've done wrong as an excuse to go and really go after you if you say no but if they already want to fuck with you they can look at your stuff and say oh he owns too large a lobster which is a federal offense all right let me ask you whether or not you bought it from anyone why would they want to fuck with you when there's people that want to blow themselves up in subways don't you think that that's going to occupy most of their attention let's say this why this is why because some guy who works there you fucked his ex-girlfriend Oh, snap, son. God damn. Shit just got real. You know what I mean? So a human And nature. then you're giving that guy the power right. to abuse it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what I don't like. And it, I think that's... And, and that's what this guy is saying is absolutely possible. Here's this my question. This guy saying that the people that work at the organization like him, right. and they keep referring to him as a high school dropout, which is hilarious. Like, um, he was your coder? Didn't you he was your guy. hire him? Yeah. Like, is, are you pretending you don't know this guy? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> By the, he, by the way, when sh- has it ever worked? This is the question we have to ask. You know that uh, saying, if we don't understand well, history, we're, we're doomed to repeat, repeat it. it. Yeah. Let's look in the past. What At what point has a government gained full access to the uh, information flow of its citizenry where it hasn't gone wrong? Show me where. What's, what nation has it been where it's like, oh, yes, that was, the, that, was that one government yeah. that knew, that yeah. studied all the correspondence yeah. of all its citizens, and it didn't go wrong at all. It didn't tighten down. It yeah. didn't become a security state. Yeah. It was a utopia. No. Right. No. no. It doesn't no. exist. It's, it's always Korea. bad. It's North Korea. Yes. Okay. But here's, here's the counter-argument yeah. to that. Do you think that... 
that if given the proper instruments, the citizenry could police themselves? Could we have yep. a, a society that becomes like Airbnb, where everybody yeah. can rent their own place and everybody else judges everybody else? And, and you and don't need someone now else? to Nobody. tell you about a good dentist. You can just look online exactly. and you're connected to all the citizens. And they all right. vet each who other. Have told you by four and a half stars. Right. Like, like, I, I was asking my brother. I was like, "How do you know somebody from Airbnb is not going to be some serial killer who's going to cut me into pieces?" He's like, "Well, because you can look at the fifty other people that stayed at yeah. his house and they rate his cleanliness mm-hmm. and they rate his." So you can go anywhere in the world and have this same networks, way hookers work now at Aeros.com. networks so that correct. regulate each People, other, yeah. self-regulating yeah. networks. So it's almost like we are connecting to each other, and it's, it's like a homeostasis is being formed where the system is self-regulating. We made the sure. government in a it's, time where we didn't have that ability, right? And now we do, right? So and the I government is becoming obsolete, right? So it's the not, government's an appendix. It's not utopia, but we, these decentralized peer networks that self-regulate each other with no top-down management, but just lateral, is leaning towards a kind of like space in which we can well, yeah. we have congress because we didn't have the ability to send represent someone from, ourselves from, yeah, to, from right. california we can't we can't speak in in washington so we need to send some guy as our congressman to speak for They're us outdated. but now we can speak for ourselves yeah. right we don't it's need so that outdated. I, a lot all of people doing democracy 2.0 i mean it, the, the, we need literally like if ios doesn't get an upgrade for our iphone every yeah. six months we freak out like we need to upgrade literally the way the whole governmental system works yeah. to use these technologies but we should be it should be online it's really simple the idea that anybody controls it is ridiculous. Uh-huh. It should be online, and there should be some sort of anonymous type group that controls the code, to make sure that nobody can fuck with it. Like Bitcoin, you know, or well, some, some someone who's on top of shit, or and you Maybe know, and develop like a global ethic amongst the hackers. Anonymous is us. By the way, yeah. but no, no, like no one's giving. There. Here's the thing. But here, no one's giving this power up. Exactly. This is where I think that the, this is where it. I think this fervent exactly. form of uh, naive futurist comes into being. Where and not just futurist spiritualists and a lot of other people think oh you know these are uh, as you're saying these uh what do you call it peerless networks yeah, yeah mm-hmm. these decentralized peer networks uh, and by the way when i say you i mean me too because i do have this hope that somehow this thing is just like an escalation yeah. towards bliss and it's yeah. all going to work itself yeah. out and i do yeah. think that yeah. but again if you look back at history you will see that even if a thing has become archaic and antiquated it doesn't mean that the people running that thing are going to give it up no no they don't want to give they it up will they're not, not going give it to up. the only way they give it up is through violence. Bam! And this is That's the, our inevitability here. Yeah. We're in for a revolution here in our lifetime. Kurzweil, Jesus, Kurzweil relax, says boys. Yeah, Kurzweil says that that's actually not not the case and he says that you know like the radio industry didn't want like TV to become a thing, and it didn't, it didn't need it didn't need to be violence for TV to like become. No, the we're not talking about. Ari Shafir is ready to start a goddamn revolution. No, I'm ready to cheer it on. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm a the, coward. The, the, I'm not getting involved. <laughs> but I'm ready to say, here's some water, you guys. Yeah. Go out there and fight for us. But yeah. I think that these technologies <laughs> will meet resistance from the I'll establishment. But I don't think that it requires violence for transformation to occur. I mean, we're seeing it through social media. I'm hearing some pussy talk, son. Libera, Lib- Liberia, fucking uh, the other one. I think you mean Libya. Yeah, that's Liberia's the Africa. Yeah. <laughs> it always gets it always gets overthrown. By ar- they don't give up. They don't give up, and they have the guns. So but, the only way to get them to give it up. Taking the other ways, oh, here's you know, the, here's the, which other ways? When is it young, worse? Younger people who are growing up with the, the internet who have a different understanding of Turkey. the future. Like I don't. I don't think that a representative government's impossible. I just think that we have to have more accountability, and yeah. the thing that gives more accountability than anything is the internet. It forces accountability. So I think that's. I think ultimately you can't it's, record it's cops an age anymore. Thing. You can't rec- record. You can them. though. You can. Yes, you can. They can arrest you. No, they can't. 
No. I mean, individual places have passed laws trying to, to make that real. But there's a bunch of videos online that show people telling cops. They told me that today that I couldn't it, take a picture of a TSA. I saw a baby being left on the counter. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. So I took a picture. Sir, you can't take a picture of a checkpoint. I'm like, that's wrong. What you're telling me is not true. I'm going to take more pictures. I, 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 I got to say, I, I don't, I don't want there to be violence, man. I don't think, I think there needs to be. I think the dream, the naive dream of uh, the futurists is – it's like you look in the animal kingdom. You look in – not just the animal kingdom, but you look at any massive change that has ever happened is always surrounded by a release of energy. When things rapidly change, there's a release of energy and energy releases are always violent. Bam! They're called explosions. So it's like well, it doesn't have to be though. Just because it's it, can so be, it can be a psychic explosion. I, I, it can be a consciousness explosion. Yeah, I think we're experiencing Hiroshima's. I think we're experiencing that. It's just again like right. the psychedelic state of you know seeing the whole history unfold in a matter of a few seconds. This, I think this is just – it's slow, so we're not really understanding what's happening, but we're seeing all these – Well, the psychedelics these, are coming these back. Biz, uh, we're seeing yes. all these things. We're seeing all these uh, paradigms crumble in front of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because they're being exposed. They're being exposed yes. by the internet. It's just happening to us too slowly. Right. Or it's happening – it's too confusing as to which direction it's going to yeah. go. There's too much peril in it. It's it seems, the last few people yeah. that are just are like, hey, it's changing. Like, no, 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 no. How do no, the robots make the Ayatollah bit. understand <laughs> that it's not good to put women in beekeeper outfits? How did- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I completely <laughs> I completely concur with that, but I just I had an interesting experience. I was just in, in, in Berlin for a couple of days and I was hanging out at this I went to this like steam room and spa over at the Soho house there. Yes. And uh, it's it's co ed. So beautiful naked girls are walking around and showering in front of you. Whoa. In in Germany and it's wow. perfectly normal. And of course I'm loving it, but I'm also slightly like, what's happening here? And then I think we're just what? as primitive here with separating the men's room and the female room yes. compared to them we're like the beekeeper suit do you know what i mean indeed i, like, I know like, what you're saying and i would think of myself as no we're liberal here in america and that but look how shamelessly those women are just walking around naked i totally yeah, and it's like relax we're not fucking i totally agree right. i totally agree with you i think that it's a it's a, you're what you're seeing is a spectrum of 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 men Kind of controlling women. Like if if a woman takes her shirt off at the beach, she gets arrested in the United States. Crazy. This, but I think that if I'm going to be on some part of that spectrum, I definitely want to be on the part of the spectrum where the definite definition of shirt is like a shoelace or something. I'd rather it be no shoelace at all. Yeah. But in that way, all I'm saying is I don't understand the solution to um, fundamentalists of any religion controlling massive populations or in the case of north korea uh uh people controlling mass i don't see how some android jesus i don't see how kurzweil's manifestation of full brain emulation and the subsequent empathic connection that happens with people i don't understand how that makes a person who's wielded control over a chunk of land using a false god uh i don't understand how that's going to make them be like you know what i guess i was wrong well, you can but, all but, just but, li- but our, yeah. our society has been transformed by a change in consciousness. I mean, you could argue that the 60s fundamentally changed the way we think. I mean, this yes. place used to be a lot more Puritan than it is now. Ir- and people Iran took a lot used of to drugs. be a lot more liberal. Okay, so you have it. You have mm-hmm. both things happening. You what have cycles, you have things. Iran. Iran, yeah, well, I Lebanon. hear it's very liberal now uh, the, amongst the people. 
Yeah, the, the, the actual the citizens, citizens are very seculars, but yeah. the, gover- the government is what's really but militant. You well, there's a new guy who got in office, but there's always going to be the Ayatollah that's a supreme yeah, leader. Yeah, exactly. It's really a weird situation. It's very so the, strange. And the guy who's the Ayatollah has been the Ayatollah since like 89 or something like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, something crazy it's, like that. It's Yeah, well, you know what, man? But let me just say this, because I don't want to come off sounding like Ari, like I Ooh. want some violent revolution. I, I don't d- want one. I see it inevitable. I, I don't. Have you ever had Stephen Pinker on the show? I don't think it's inevitable. So Stephen Pinker called Better Angels of Our Nature. He wrote a book that called The Better Angels of Our Nature. He has a tech talk called, TED Talk called The Myth of Violence. And he actually went up there and explained that the chances of a man dying at the hands of another man today are the lowest than they've ever been in all of, all of human history. Wow. Never. The world has actually never been less violent mm-hmm. than it is today. But look at Syria. 100,000 people. Like and it's it, a lot, but I, I guess what he's saying so is horrific. that it used to be worse. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, the Mongols exactly. killed right. a million in a day. Right, 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 right. right. I see what you're right. saying. Yes, it's On that spe- again. It's, right. that, it's that spectrum. Right. It's a spectrum. In a day, yeah, some insane number. It was probably. Right. I, I might be exaggerating. Well, there it might were be seventy-two like hours. Seventy-two hours oh. that killed a million people yeah. with horses yeah. on horseback. God. Awful. No nuclear bomb. Just swords. That's, they must be so tired after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're chopping arms. Oh, yeah. God, just that's, your, that's when you got to run, when they're that tired. <sighs> after they killed a million people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A million. Yeah, that's, uh, we have to really uh, sort of grasp. God. It's hard to, but we have to try to grasp. Just what a short period of time we haven't been barbarians. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even the, the Catholic Church... I mean, you go back to the 1500s, they were drinking, they had, like, mistresses, the popes had mistresses. They even they, raped kids They had armies. Then. Yeah, they raped kids. They had armies. They had full they armies. Had armies. The pope Catholic had armies. Church. The Catholic Church had armies. The Vatican had an army behind it. It's crazy. I mean, that, you're talking about, like, really nutty shit. Like, they asked for uh, the, the pope's help once in fighting off the Mongols. Really? They did, yeah, they yeah, didn't want to send, send any troops. <laughs> they got lucky the fucking Mongols died off. Woo. Can I here's the thing man. I want to be pessimistic again cuz I've been th- I keep thinking about this. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay. In the same way that it used to be if a person had a great idea and wanted to transmit it, he'd have to get a printing press and uh-huh. he'd have to like, you know, to get the idea around it took a long time. Mm-hmm. The idea would have to go by boats, yeah, right? Right. So now it's like if you want to build uh, like a nuclear bomb, like it's really hard. Like you've got to have centrifuges, plutonium. It's a fucking bitch. Like you right. can't just do it if you want to build a nuke. But as matter as as three D printers begin to become more and more advanced, and, we get beyond and that. they start working at the atomic level, then in the same way this, that we have accessibility to instantaneous communication, people are going to have accessibility to instantaneous three D print guns or uh, creation of of all weapons. kinds of fucked up weapons. Well, well look, that's when we're going to need an account of all the people in our community. That's when we're going to need an account of them in a loving way no, but all it takes we, we have person. society like looking out for each other yeah the idea is that every is baby in basement with right. a nuclear bomb you're right you're right but the idea is that every baby has the potential to be a, become an awesome human being right that's the idea right yeah. but the, some of them just get shit rolls of the dice and they get wind, wind up with two asshole meth head parents who fucking leave them in a basement one day for 24 hours and they starve to death right you know this shit like that happens to kids you just get a shit roll of the dice or you can get an awesome roll of the dice Yes, you know, I mean that's possible too. It's I think it's our job collectively, as as a human species, to concentrate on the least fortunate amongst us. I think it's it's the the thing that everyone takes for granted, everyone ignores, and every single guy who runs for president doesn't bring it up. They never they never say, look, 
our society is only as strong as its weakest link. Right. And we got a bunch of people that are being ignored, and they they're an awesome resource. If we if we educated them and helped them and move them forward in some way, who knows what kind of great benefit you could get out of this right. community of people? Well, it's true. I just think true. of that guy on uh, Locked Up Raw. That one, like, you know, like the guy, I, I can't remember which guy it is, like one of these, like the people that you see on Locked Up Raw or just like, yeah. you know, like I, I think, cause you know, I've, I've thought, oh, I know the way to fix that is like you flood the prisons with LSD <sighs> no, and like give these so, people hug so therapy. It would help a little. That would definitely help a little. You're eventually going to have a 12 monkey situation. I think you can do a psychedelic therapy. so much effect on the rest of the population with like a toxin or like a bunch of nuclear weapons that it'll. Just drastically change everything. Well, you know what? I think society has always thought that this was coming or not. You know, it's like there's always people that believe that the apocalypse is around the corner, and there's right. always people that had faith. And like Jason said, it's this is the safest time to be alive ever, but yet we're still like, fuck, the sky's falling. Yeah. But I think you it's know almost what? like a part like, of being a human to well, recognize all the flaws around us to make right. it glaringly obvious that we're aware of them and to focus more attention on them and hopefully yes. slow down the right. progress the of the evil shit. Us, us being scared and neurotic and and almost like negative has been biologically selected for to warn us against potential consequences. Like the right. you know the early oh, yeah. the early caveman yeah. who was Big chilling out looking dark. at the sky got eaten quickly. Right. The one that was like scared of impending doom survived. So right. it's no coincidence that we have evolved that. But until we start like playing with our own genomes, like we can't change our basic dispositions, which is to pay attention to whatever we think is dangerous. But I think it does have, you know, knowledge is power. When you appreciate, oh really? The world has never been safer? That's interesting. Not to say there's not a lot of things to worry about. No. It's not to say that there's not school shootings and 3D printing guns could be dangerous. But let's look at the actual facts as mm -hmm. it is today. Yeah, but all it would take... But in the beginning, if one guy out of a hundred of them went yeah. a little nuts, he would punch some people. Mm -hmm. right. And then right. as technology got better, he'd stab two people and then right. got stopped. And then right. as technology got better, he put off a bomb. Yes. And then as technology got better, he flew a plane into a building. And as technology gets better, you can affect millions and millions of millions yes. of people all at once with just one just yes. one guy that falls in the cracks. Well, this, this is definitely very, a, very much like the internet. But really. it's funny, yeah. Ari. What you're saying goes against your hate of the surveillance state because you could see how, in an accelerating technology it's where people happen. can blow each other up with increasing, uh, with in, 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 yeah. increasing competency, yeah. you can see the necessity for perhaps, oh, yeah. uh, you know, an observation of everything. It's a fucking. That's what I'm saying. It's a pickle, man. Yeah, there, but I think it's gonna, mm. that's going to happen anyway. You're never going to stay fully. You can't monitor everybody at all But just because something's going to happen I doesn't mean you don't try to stop it. I mean, trend, delay it. The trend seems irreversible. The trend towards uh, everybody having access to everything at right. all, all times. I think we're going to have a real problem with money because money right now is just, you know, it's used to be based on gold. And now we got this ones and zeros thing that yeah. we're rocking that doesn't really make any sense at I think, all. I think that Bitcoin's not going to last, but I think the thing that comes right after Bitcoin is going to be the one. Oh, have you guys heard about this Bitcoin's shit? Bitcoin's going to be the front story. But I wonder, I mean, I, th I think it's, it's, it's we, we live in a really strange time because as access to information mm -hmm. gets more and more transparent, more and more um, free, where we all have access to everything, well, then what, is that, what exactly is financial resources? It's going to become obsolete. Where, right. yeah, where are those ones and zeros? Where do they go? Like, no, if, not, if it none gets, of None get, of his, sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying it's like there, there, there'll be a permeation point where transparency gets to a point where everyone has access to everything at all times. You're not going to be able to store any secrets, yeah. so you're not going to be able to have money. 
You're not going to be able to put ones and zeros all in your bank account. It doesn't mean anything. Someone will take your ones and zeros. But it's there also like, might not be a reason for anybody to hurt each other. Like, you know, might not. Ma- it ma- doesn't have to be that right. way. McKenna says we're all going to move into universes of our own construction. But then like Kurzweil and Peter Diamandis just say – you know, technology is a resource-liberating mechanism. The whole idea of scarcity is just contextual, you know. We fight over 1% of the fresh water in the world when this is a water planet. Desalinization revolution could give us all the water we could ever need. We fight over energy. We get 10,000 right. times more energy from the sun than what we would ever need. Right. With nanotechnology, matter becomes a programmable medium. We can right. turn anything into anything. So, I mean, when we have just, like, infinite abundance, potentially, what would we fight about? There would be no incentive to fight. Pussy. Dude, we, we could clone pussy. Over yeah. sun. We could clone. We live in virtual no, reality. You know what it's like? Here, diamonds. Girls don't want saying. fake diamonds. The they na- want real diamonds that came from coal. And the guys are going to want real pussy that you earn. Oh, she's a real person? Well, we Damn, can have it dude, in that's virtual reality. We'll then, have virtual games where we can be the, the heroes the, in our own the universe. The flaw in your argument and the terrifying flaw in your argument is the assumption that people do things for a reason. You're saying people do things because they don't have enough or they do things because of this or that. It's really Some of the most of horrible times. things are done for no reason at all. They're done because the biocomputer that the, somebody's running clicked the wrong way and they decided it'd be fun to hear the sound of a teenage oh, boy's nep- a, neck a, snap but when they're painted cell. like a clown. So that's a cancer cell. That's a, that's a, a thing mm. that's not doing – it's not moving towards complexity and organization in the sublime right. like the rest of the evolutionary process. That's why there's the urge to kill it. Right. There's the urge to kill it. But what the, the interesting thing, and I think this, I heard, I think McKenna said this, there's this relay, there's a race happening right now. There's a mm. race happening. Because it's, it's not as though these two things can't exist at the same time. It's like, we were talking about this, and I've been thinking out a bunch since, how, you know, in phones, of course, there are conflict minerals. What's the name of that shit in phones? Coltan. What's yeah. it called? Coltan. So in phones is Coltan. So we know that in our phones, in this uh, device that's allowing us this greater connectivity, is the suffering of children in African is it, in African Congo. minds. So we see in nature that there is this intertwining of horror and of darkness and light. Very interesting. And to think that somehow technology is going to make things all light is to say that we will actually rewire the universe. When in fact, it seems like what's happening is an acceleration on both, both sides. sides of the scale. Yeah. And as that acceleration happens, there will be an equivalent amount of this orgasmic utopian Taillard de Chardon Omega point with the other side of the thing, which is well, the absolute obliteration of all humanity through nuclear weapons or bioweapons. Now, here's the hopeful thing is what uh, Martin Luther King said, which is the universe bends in the direction of justice. And there is this hope that there's a refraction in this lens where things are going towards the direction of of creation instead of obliteration. Steven Johnson says it's not utopia, but it's leaning that way. So, you know, you could argue that things are better. They're not perfect. They're better. You technology amplifies the good in us. It amplifies the bad in us. In in us, but maybe it amplifies the good a little bit more than it amplifies the bad. So that eventually it might subvert completely. That's the The, the light. The light might swallow the darkness. That's the entropy might transcend entropy completely. You know, we might become immortal gods living outside of time. You know, and maybe that's the singularity. Yeah, maybe sounds a lot like the battle between hell and heaven. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, well, that's it is. That's the same thing. Before. It's not yeah. a coincidence. Yeah. We need those archetypes to make sense of what's happening. We've used the same archetypes, religion, yeah. salvation, transcendence, the same things. The difference is that religion never produced what technology produced. 
Religion never let us fly through the air. Religion never gave us cell phones. It never gave us the internet. Religion Technology does. Odd. So in the whole, in the whole, in our, in our desire to, 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 to believe that these things are going to help us transcend our limitations, you know, technology is actually delivering a little bit more than the previous stuff. Oh, how, a how lot dare more. You? Right. How dare you with your a little bit. Well, there you go. A lot more. Cyborg arms. You're trying to make friends. The kids are hearing again. They made Galileo apologize. Yeah, they said, you dick. You were wrong. The church. Yeah, they were silly bitches. What do you have to do with the... You guys want to see a trippy video about us being cyborgs? Okay. We're going to wrap this up with this trippy video because I've got to get out of here. I've been working all day. Let's do it. Howdy, Power to the people. Happy Mushroom Fest to everyone who's participating. Shroom Fest, bitches. God is love. Everything's going to be fine. Forget all that explosion shit. Yes. And before we go, we would just like to thank Hover.com. Go to Hover.com forward Rogan. Get 10% off of your domain name purchases and Stamps.com. If you click on the microphone, enter in the code word JRE, get yourself a special offer, onit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Use the code name Rogan. Save yourself 10% off any and all supplements. I've had a wacky few, uh, actually like month and a half lately, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to do all this stuff if I didn't enjoy the shit out of it, and it's a fascinating experience. So I want to I thank all of you, uh, and uh, I want you guys to uh, follow up. All my friends on Twitter, including Jason Silva. What is it? Is you, what at is your Twitter? Jason at Jason Silva. Yeah. At Jason Silva. At Ari Shafir. Watch my storyteller show online on YouTube. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of them com- now. The, the first one was really good too. Where are you? Where'd you film those? Cheetahs. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Fine. It looked like some sort of a strip club strip type club. environment. It's perfect. Yeah. And uh, T.J. Miller's one was really good too. That yeah. was uh, that was really funny. And it's 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 a really interesting sort of setup the way you have it. And I love that Comedy Central had the balls to put that online like that. Just produce yeah. it, make it like a real show, like a legit TV show. Put it online, and and if it gets a good reaction, they'll probably wind up doing something like that on I mean, television. But then all the comics, yeah, exactly. And yeah. All the comics, like you do what you feel mm-hmm. is right. Yeah. So go and uh, check Diaz's it out and support coming. it. Joey Diaz is coming. Support it, folks, because uh, Ari Shafir is a bad motherfucker. I and need to put on television is, for you guys, The concept too. is sound. <laughs> so pass it around. And he would other. like to get some of that sweet, sweet TV money. <laughs> Mostly, Being I nice. really just want to put on a good show for people. You do. You do. I want to Your intentions out, are 100% pure. You're a real, legit comic, Ari Shafir. It's a, uh, an honor of watching you grow from being a, a dude who was just sort of getting on stage the first time to being a legit <laughs> headliner. It's awesome. It's cool to see. Thanks, man. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Same to you, Duncan Trussell, you sexy you too, bitch. Thank you, Central, this is not happening. All right, you fucks. Uh, follow Duncan Trussell on Twitter. Duncan, D-U-N-C-A-N. Trussell, T-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. This is my podcast, right. Duncan Trussell Family Hour. Double S, double L. That's Duncan Trussell. Oh awesome. God. All right, you fucks. If I, if I may add, I just uh, I would love everyone to check in, check out Brain Games on National Geographic. Yes, yes, yes. So I have a new series. It airs season Monday two, right? at 9. We're doing season two now yes. in the fall, but, uh, but currently we're still airing it. Next Monday is the final episode, actually, the 12th episode. So please check out Brain Games on National Geographic. And I also launched a new YouTube channel called youtube.com slash shots of awe where I'm releasing new videos of my crazy espresso psychedelic videos every week. So nice. youtube.com slash shots of awe. If Red Band made that video, it would, be, it would be shots of awe, just A-W, and it would just have kittens all day long. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Well, this one is shots of awe, A-W-E. But if you if check it out, that new video is called We Are Already Cyborgs. That's the one I want okay. you to, to check it out. Powerful. With that. Jason Silva. Let's, do you have that thing queued up? 
YouTube.com so. slash Shots of Odd, and it's you. the first one down. It's called We Are Already Cyborgs. How dare you? We're already cyborgs. We can't get a goddamn YouTube video to play. You're fired. <laughs> Destroy the you. planet. How dare you? All right. Well, let's just recommend that people watch yeah, sure, it. It's sure. called uh, It's Shots of Awe on YouTube, yeah. and we are already cyborgs, which I concur, sir. Awesome. I concur. You're a bad motherfucker. Cosmic Dick Slinger. Oh, yes. The great Silva. Jason Silva. Thanks for that. Thank you for powerful having me. Powerful Aaron Powerful Duncan Trussell. Powerful Jamie. We're out of here, you dirty fucks. We'll see you next week with new shenanigans, and Ari Shafir and I go to Alaska to conquer the Great White North. Yeah. Go fishing like a motherfucker. Get a reindeer dog. All right, you fucks. Awesome. We'll see you soon. We love the shit out of you. All right. Big kiss. <laughs> <laughs>